Welcome back for episode 1.5 of Focus Fire Chat, recorded live on February 20th, 2016 on Twitch.tv. Big shout out to the chat here. Thank you so much for spending your evening with us. This is your host, Blue Crew 86 Alongside me, we have someone who has recently had to hunt down some escaped fonts, Just Insane 0516. Hello. <laughs> Next up is the third member of our merry little band, a man who has recently spoken up concerning his xenophobic views towards all things anthropomorphic, such as Tiger Men, Steeman Willie Beeman. Pan be with you, child. We also have with oh, us God. the sultry tiger himself, our friend from across the pond, my name is Bife. What's up, guys? Pleasure to be here again. The topic oh, of today... <laughs> topic of today's <laughs> chat is going to be a return to our first official episodes topic osiris before we get into that however i do want to run through some quick notes our last chat was over lord saladin and the iron banner if you missed that and have any interest in hearing our thoughts please be sure to check out our podbean site at focusfirechat.podbean.com for archives of all previous chats you can also find us on iTunes by searching for Focus Fire Chat in the podcast section of the Apple Store. If you guys don't mind, go ahead and give us a review there if you use that program. We are also approved on Google Play Podcast app and are waiting for that to become available to everyone. So if you're more of a fan of the Androids than the Apples, keep an eye out on that front. As many of you already know, Focus Fire Chat is a cross-community gathering where the intent is to offer a week-long, in-depth view of a particular subject from within the lore of Destiny. This chat begins every Tuesday morning and runs until the following Tuesday, with topics decided by the group via a poll that begins every Friday and ends on the Tuesday morning of the new chat. Every Wednesday at around 10 p.m. Central, we get together to stream a recap of the previous week's chat for those who are unable to participate. Today is actually a special day because we are actually re-recording the original episode for Focus Fire Chat due to some audio issues that we had on my side primarily that we couldn't get cleaned up. So the topic for next week's chat is going to be over Dregden Yor and Jaron Ward, and we actually have confirmed that we are going to be able to be joined by Bell Bunny as well for that chat. So with all that taken care of, let's talk about one of our favorite topics to bring up all the time, Osiris. So who wants, who wants to take the first stab at it? Because I know I'm going to probably be talking a lot. The big O. The big um, o. We go ahead and we can start with Ishtar's uh, summary of Osiris, if you would like. Sounds mm -hmm. good to me. All right. So as a guardian, once the warlock vanguard, who divisive beliefs led him to the city in exile, or out of the city. Osiris fought alongside the Titans at the Battle of Six Fronts, after which Saint-14 recommended Osiris be appointed as vanguard commander. While vanguard, Osiris grew tired of his role and he began to question the motives of the Traveler. He became fascinated by the nature of the darkness, and he pursued a number of controversial avenues to further his understanding. These include the Ahamkara lore and Thantanotics. He was especially interested in understanding Oryx and the Vex. Osiris quickly became a popular figure to those guardians that had grown weary of dutifully carrying out the orders of the Vanguard. His questioning of the Traveler was considered disloyal, and the sway that he held over Guardians was considered dangerous. He left the city in exile, although whether this was on his own accord or by the will of the consensus is not clear. 
a charismatic leader, Osiris left behind a number of adherents who remained loyal to him. His study of the Vex led him to set up a number of camps across Mercury, which the best known one is the Lighthouse. After the release of Skolas, two guardians visited the Queen of the Reef and asked for aiding in defeating Oryx. It was believed that these guardians were Eris, Morn, and Osiris, but this has not been confirmed. One of the Osiris's disciples, Brother Vance, is stationed in the Vestian outpost in the Reef, and he grants the Guardians passage to the Trials of Osiris, a tournament that pits two teams of three Guardians against each other in a fight to the death. Success in the Trials grants an invitation to the Lighthouse, which specifically we all know is going flawless, which I personally haven't done yet. Um... (laughs) I've tried so hard. Eight known laggers. I'm just saying. It'll, throwing it'll that happen, out there. man. I, I hit a milestone happen. last night. I, I did. You I hit five wins. Yeah, when well, Justin told me that, like he was so proud of his five wins, I'm like, yes! Justin's no. so proud of five wins, I could be proud of eight. <laughs> yeah. Hey. Hey. <laughs> We're talking to a master of the crucible here. Come on. <laughs> oh, man. But, you know, the, Osiris, not only does he run, you know, the trials are in his honor, and I'm pretty sure he runs them because we're going to get into it later, but he's pretty much guaranteed that this guy's still alive. Um, it's not confirmed, but it might as well be. Or still present. But, he might not necessarily yeah. be alive. Well, I mean, we have Eris sending him an undisclosed report. I right, mean, well, and that's after we defeat Orcs. So, I mean, all right, we're we're jumping in ahead head first here. <laughs> yeah, um, I think we can probably all agree there's a timeline in which Osiris is alive right now. Oh yeah. Well. <laughs> oh god, we're going to do the timeline thing again. My, you want to? Yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh. <laughs> jumping right in the deep end. Yeah, we're going <laughs> to jump just head first into there. Well, we're really first, you know. So that's the Ishtar's summary. The first Grimoire card that most people pull up when it comes to Osiris is obviously the one that's called Osiris. The uh, the preface of this one, I think most people agree, this seems to be written kind of almost... Well, it is written to Osiris, but a lot of people think that it was written from the speaker. I think is... Would you guys agree that's usually the the common assumption mm. here? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I would say so. So, do you want me, I'll, I'll take that one real quick. <clears throat> it says, What drives a warlock to madness? Ghosts chose those suited to war and heroism to be reborn. By nature or circumstance, they go to battle against the darkness. And through this battle, they learn how to use the light. But warlocks, by their nature, fight a second internal war. This is the war to understand a universe of secrets— a world that expects guardians to fight without full knowledge of what they are or what they might hope to achieve. You were a mighty warrior. I watched you at Six Fronts and heeded the call of Saint-14 to appoint you Vanguard Commander, even when the Concordat claimed to have records proving you were a Golden Age experiment misincarnated as a human by an inept ghost. Saint-14 assured me you were just a man without much patience for obfuscation. I watched as you grew tired of strike missions and the grueling, unproductive sessions with the Cryptarchs. That was when I took you under my wing. I saw our future in you. But your curiosity was voracious. How much of a Guardian's personality and memories were true? 
How much had been fabricated by their ghost? Did guardians share particular personality traits, a willingness to yield to authority, a tendency to do anything anyone asked for the promise of uncertain reward, a blind knight-errant mentality? Had the traveler manufactured all of you as living weapons? I admit, I found your questions divisive and disloyal, and I feared that you might be capable of breaking our unity when the city's position had grown so tenuous. Why divert attention away from the traveler our only hope? And then it got worse, dabbling in Thanatonautics, Ahamkara lore, chasing after Zur and the tricks of the Nine, launching expeditions into the reef and beyond at a time when ships were irreplaceable. Your quest split guardians along ideological lines. This was your greatest crime. Hunters chose to pursue your visions instead of protecting refugees. Titans assembled teams to chase the legendary Vault of Glass instead of striking the Fallen, and Warlocks turned away from the study of the Traveler in favor of your ultimate obsession, learning the exact nature of the darkness. When debate became argument, and argument became acrimony, I realized you had already become a cult of personality, attracting guardians who wanted a clear idea of why they were fighting, what they faced, and how they would ultimately win. I don't know where you've gone, but I can no longer send ghosts out to find you. Some come back with tales of your death or how you went seeking answers from the far reaches of space and time, that you found a way to explore the Vexgate networks, that you've made breakthrough after breakthrough as to their origins, theories that a guardian could not be simulated, that the traveler might be an ontiformer or a god incubator, that the Vex had diverged into multiple groups in order to secure an in-state for every possible configuration of reality. I fear you have become obsessed with the Vex as Toland was with the Hive. I've heard your own insane prophecies about pits and dead Hive kings, and of Crota, which I can now, now I cannot deny. I hear stories of Lord Shax meeting with fire teams of warlocks who have no shadow and never blink of jump ships slipping into the reef on cold trajectories and meeting no intercept, of questions hidden in matter ingrams and answers decrypted on distant battlefields. Perhaps you are still out there. If this reaches you, I would very much like to speak with you, to hear your theories in your own words. Perhaps what drives a warlock to madness is truth. Dun, dun, dun. Wow, that's, that's a lot of information. There, I know, there's so much information. So, okay, first off, what still strikes me, and this is one of the first things we said in the original podcast, too. First strikes me is the blatant Deadpoolism that he has in, like, the third or fourth, par- yeah, the fourth <laughs> paragraph, where it's it's pretty much a nod to the player. It's like, you know, oh, yeah. that, that entire um, willingness to Unproductive sessions with <laughs> <Yeah>. the Cryptops. <laughs> Tendency to do anything anyone asks for the promise of uncertain reward. <laughs> mm. <laughs> it's like, so he, he, and that's where, like, that's actually for me where my identification with Osiris started. Was I was like, yes, he actually gets it. Like the frustration mm. of RNG. He hates so it. So does that make this that make this letter from the speaker like the like the emails Bungie sent out? Why aren't you playing anymore? I know you're tired of the strikes. Yep, that's pretty much what I was. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Would you answer these five questions, please? Uh, no, uh, I couldn't answer my questions. <laughs> I never got the email. I feel so I never bad. Had it either. <laughs> I never apparently got the email apparently once a week is enough. <laughs> but no. no. I, 
Go for a couple it. of Go things jump out. No, a couple of things jump out of here. And the first one is something I didn't catch on the first reading of this card. Um, the uh, the comment that Lysander had a, an allegation that he was misincarnated mm-hmm. by an inept ghost as a human. I caught that before. You know, it stood out to me. But the thing that didn't is so the ghost scans you and then he decides what you're going to be. If he can misinterpret the information that's in your remains, he can make you something you weren't. Or is that that's assuming that he misinterpreted it? Well, yeah, exactly. Mm. But because yeah. that, I mean, that was that was the is, no, I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, and no, I, I mean that saying. that was ti- that actually does tie into a rather fun spin foil theory that we have from today or this week's chat about your and Ward because. There's this whole idea that, you know, we're trying to, quote unquote, remember who we were before we died. And the the slippery slope that a lot of people don't quite I don't know if they don't quite grasp onto that or they don't they just don't follow the next jump to conclusion. But if the ghost can repress memories, that also means on the flip side, the ghost can implant memories. Because as soon as you open the door to the fact that a ghost can manipulate information inside of a guardian's head, that goes both ways. It's not just deleting, it's actually adding, too. And so that, that's, I think, and, and he even, he speaks to that. You know, how much of a guardian's personality and memories are true. And here's the thing, here's, here's real quick the other thing. So you're talking about stuff that you didn't catch on the first read-through. So... Right, we assume this is from the speaker, correct? Read, mm-hmm. so the last question in his list of questions here, had the Traveler manufactured all of you as living weapons? Not us, mm. you. What? What's with the separation on that one? Mm. Makes a very good Well, point. when have you ever seen the Traveler get his hands dirty? I'm just saying. Well, no, 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 no. I mean, but... Well, and and I can see that, but there's this there's a large assumption that the speaker is a guardian, right? But right there, right there, yeah. it almost is like he's not. He well, <laughs> no, I, he yeah. might. He, I mean, you could argue that. I, I don't know. I I didn't catch that on the first read through, but now that I I was reading that, I was like, oh, that's an interesting. Mm. What jumps out it, at you, Bife, about this? It uh, makes this it makes me question, at least on that last point, whether the um makes me question whether this is from the perspective of the Exo Stranger. Because, I mean, it seems so obvious at first, right? You know, the um, like the fact that it's from a first-person perspective of someone saying, oh, yeah, no, I see you growing tired of the strikes, and I see you in the unproductive sessions with the Cryptarch. But then, again, that separation, it points away from just it being the speaker. And that's what really frustrates me, because we really don't have any <laughs> fantastic character description you know, that gives us an exact answer as to who this is. Well, I think the, the ghosts, um, I've sent countless ghosts out to find you Mm -hmm. or no, it's, but I can no longer send ghosts out to find you. Like, Mm. um, but that also makes you question, does the speaker really have that capability to just send ghosts where he wants for his purposes only? Well, yeah, I would Um, think so. Well, is the, it the, I think they float in and out of there. Right. But there's also the, there's, uh, yeah, same paragraph. He said, that's when I took you under my wing. I saw our future in you. 
that's what to me says that this is from the speaker <clears throat> because we but know then that. again you got to think about it right there's that's the sort of more obvious answer but at the same time Osiris doesn't just hold the speaker's views to be true. He questions everything. Right. And imagine if there's somebody who tells him about an alternate school of thought. Imagine then that there is a reason behind why he oh. learns the Natanautics and all this other stuff. Again, spin foil, but, you know, the one thing that we can definitely hold is that it looks to be the speaker, but there isn't any exact proof. Exactly. Because, and we know, there's a, we know there's a faction who kind of got in trouble for... That type of stuff. No, I, I, I actually had not. It had not occurred Trinary to me cult. that this could yep. have been a message from the Exo Stranger. The the oh. one little quote that makes me think it might be the speaker is where he says, uh, "I watched you at six fronts and yeah. heeded the the call of Saint Fourteen to appoint you to Vanguard Commander." Yeah, no. Then that makes it much, much more clear. You see, that's where everything falls apart, and I sound like I'm talking about. Well, well it's not like nothing the stranger, does he? You're a, a you're in a safe place, Bob. This is the it's the cone of spin. Foil. I can make my it's mistake. The cone of spin foil. Oh, the cone of wow. <laughs> my God. Oh, God. No, there are no dumb she... ideas here. <laughs> Really? Okay. Well, are we going there? Are we, go- are we going there? <laughs> no, Chris is the speaker confirmed. Oh, good. Hey, <laughs> oh, hey, you know what? Oh, leave, it, leave it alone. Okay. Leave it alone, okay? Do we, really need, it, do we need to start mistake. this up it's again? Let's go. Okay, okay. That's for later. That's for later. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, what I was going to say is that one of the most interesting things about that card, real quick, is the ghosts that he sent out. Um,. And what some of them come back with. Some of them say they saw him die. Some of them say that they he found his way into the Vex Gate networks, which would definitely feed into the uh, the multiverse theory that mm-hmm. we have had so prominent, mm-hmm. especially when we talk about the speak or uh, the tre- um, that bless America stranger the, the stranger <laughs> and it. I'm curious about the the breakthrough that he had about the Vex origins, you know, um, because we've had that chat as well that mm-hmm. they have Usamine, um, they have Usamine records. We don't know how they have these, but they do have them. Well, and the so, common theory that they might be Ammonites. I, th- I thought the common theory was that they were Usamine. Well, there's yeah, there's, yeah. there's a couple. There's there's the Usamine idea, and then there's the Ammonite idea. And I think the Ammonite idea is well, first off, they're Radiolorian, which is a sea creature isk, and then the Ammonites were cephalopods, and then also if you look at the Gorgons, they have tentacles, and it's a very like the 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 way that the harpies and the gorgons are portrayed are very i don't even know the word cephalopod like isk yeah, I, I don't even know if that's of. a word but it's it's a connection that a couple people i know i know a number of people have made to yeah. that i think you would say cephalopod esque yeah i just, <laughs> i was just i yeah like anyways squares. okay but and then there's also the uh, the theory that a guardian can't be simulated, which ties back into the Vex cards, which is Osiris's theory. Well, hmm. but I mean, it makes sense in the same sense that a war. I mean, it's the same concept as a war mind not being able to be simulated. But 
a Warmind has much more onboard brain power than does a Guardian. Yeah, but a Guardian has paracausal capabilities. Mm-hmm. Whereas a normal human wouldn't have that capability. A warm so a Warmind has the the Warmind has the intellect. The Guardian has the paracaus ability to basically break cause and effect. Okay. Okay. And so they can't, uh, you know, because remember the Vex mind infers. They can't that, infer. That is true. They can't infer what a guardian's going to do because it's it's basically pure free will if you really want to think about it. But in the sense that they cannot infer on what a guardian's going to do, mainly because we are conduits of the light, and that gives us the capability to break the cause effect limitations of a physical universe, which is the paracausal capabilities. Mm. So, in a sense, it's like going back to the Vault of Glass and question why at the very end of the raid, every time you finish oracles, it says guardians make their own fate. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that's probably the best way of describing it. Oh, yeah, that's a yeah, because the Gorgons wouldn't be able to foresee a future in which the the gatekeeper could write you out of existence. Mm. Pretty much, I, I do. I go for it. Justin, oh no, go, go ahead. It. Oh no, I was just gonna say I. I get the feeling that Osiris has something special about him that keeps turning up in this cyclical in this cyclical timeline. Like it's almost like uh, within the Halo story, how Master Chief is an eventuality that always happens. Yeah, kind of like according to Librarian. Well, and that's kind of what we were chatting about before we got on the stream. The uh, the the apparent disconnect between a multiverse and a fixed timeline theory is probably not as big of a disconnect as most people would think on the surface if the fixed timeline actually took into account the splintering of reality as an eventuality that was always going to happen it's just a bigger fixed network correct correct it's a bigger closed network than the one that you're operating in when you're looking at a at our reality as compared to the other realities that are being splintered off of. It could still be a fixed fixed timeline, which ties into my growing theory of the implications of the trials and Osiris in general. But So, just real quick, before we move on to trials of Osiris and all that good stuff, can we just simplify the timeline vis-a-vis uh, Osiris and say – First mention of him is at six fronts. He he was everywhere at once, and he was kind of a beast. And he was appointed to to the warlock vanguard. Mm-hmm. Had a falling out with the speaker, and then went into exile. And that's where we are now. Right? Is that and, correct? Yeah, uh, yeah. Really boiled down version. Oversimplified. Right, right, right. Yeah. Pin, I mean, I pins mean, pins nods mm-hmm. to that as being the pre Osiris and the post Osiris timelines. Hmm. And I mean, you know, in between that, there's all of his writings and his visions as right. it kind of goes forward, which somehow make it all the way into the old records of the tower's archives. So, I mean, yeah. like, what is it? The um, Shrine of Oryx mission originally mm-hmm. where he, you know, that's where we actually the first time you ever hear him, you know, which is huge in a certain sense because, man, Osiris is nowhere. But, you know, all of the things that he starts predicting as well, it's well worth noting, start to come true. So when you look at Vision 47 and Vision 81, the other two cards, those are, I, I hate to derail this into spinfoil, but those are things that potentially could be true. 
right. going down various timelines. The only thing is that we it's very hard to understand what they are, but we can probably come to those as a separate thing. Yeah. I mean, not to mention that they're complete head trips to read in general. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, and I mean, he not there. There's a nod to that eventuality as well, even in this card, because he says, "As of Crota, which now I cannot deny." I mean, like they mm. they all thought that this guy was woohoo, you know, out there, and now they're like, "Oh, crap, he was right." Mm. Like pits and head dead hive kings. I mean, there was the pit that Eris was stuck in. I mean, there's there's a lot of things that all of a sudden maybe maybe Osiris was actually capable of not just manipulating Vex time <laughs> networks, but actually perceiving a temporal projection or projection. Maybe he was make maybe he was capable of making inferences of his own, mm. which is a really just, kind of yeah. crazy idea. But it just goes to show perhaps being paracausal and having access to the Vex time networks means that you have the ability to see what your true future could be. Mm-hmm. You know, it, you know, it sort of doesn't really dictate again, the fact that it goes against the idea of being paracausal in the first place. But then again, maybe it's just, you have to think of it on levels. So maybe there's kind of one level of being destined and then there's just a whole other level above that just right. for paracausal beings. Well, and then, you know, there was also, so like we, in the original podcast, we also kind of took a, took a step back as well and discussed the concept of the Thantanauts, um, which at this point in the group, everyone kind of has an understanding of the Thantanauts. Um, so, but really quick for anybody who's, you know, just jumping in or anything like that, a Thantanaut is literally, so Thantanautics is a the etymology is derived off of Thanatos, which is the Greek avatar of death, and then Nautics, which is basically sailing. So Thantanautics literally translates into a sailor of death, or Thantanaut is actually a sailor of death. The uh, easiest way to look at that is like an astronaut is a, a sailor of the astro- astronomy, or an aquanaut, which is even easier, is a sailor who sails on the sea. Um. There was an interesting tie-in that I made in the podcast also to a science fiction novel that was written in 1994 by a French writer, Bernard Werber. It was, I'm going to butcher this, Les Thantanates, um, in which, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not I'm, I'm not even going to pretend that I speak French. Um, but the entire premise of this book, which is actually part of a, I believe it was a trilogy, um, but the entire concept was that there was a group of what was called Thantanauts who were literally explorers into the land of the dead. And their entire concept was they were traveling through the land of the dead to better understand the point of existence. Um, and then that also ties into the uh, – there's a quote from I, – I can't remember where it is. But it's you learn more from your defeat comment because – when you get defeated in the crucible, you actually die. And then the Thantanauts held a theory that it was in that those split seconds between your death and the ghost resurrecting that you actually could pierce the veil and see visions of either your past or maybe even your future. Uh, Pujari's uh, The Legend of the Black Garden is a very, very clear example of this, and Pujari was a very big big name in Thantanauts, and so is Osiris. And, and so... And, oh. Banshee face laser. <laughs> 
there's that card with the exo is is having his ghost yeah. hit him with a high frequency laser. Oh yeah, yeah, over yeah. and over and over again. Everyone that we think is Banshee, <laughs> we think that's Banshee because he talks <laughs> like him. <laughs> but so the entire concept of the Thantonauts was to like, I mean, so in the, going back to the the concept of warlocks, they're always after understanding what the point of their existence is. Why why are we doing what we're doing? And so in order to do that. You know, I also made the point, what better way to learn from something than to experience it? And it's not like guardians are going to get really negatively impacted by dying. They just get resurrected. It's not mm. it's not like, a, you know, it's it's for us, for us today in real world. We can't die and then come back and explain what happened after we died. But to a guardian, yeah. they can they can do that. They can say, hey, yeah, I died, and when I died, this is what I saw. You know, in that split second, as soon as they're resurrected, they they recant what they remember. But the problem was that some became addicted to this. And Pajari again. Yeah, go for possibly it. possibly make the argument that Toland was. Right, Which, right. in a certain yeah. sense, brings up the kind of obsession with uh, Yurt and the Death Singer and just the ability to use weapons that defy ontology. Right. You know, so well, that's we like, also know that, uh, that Toland knew Osiris to some extent as well, which I think we talked about in the first go around. Yeah. Um, because when he is stuck in the ascendant plane, he actually calls out to Osiris and sometimes mm. he thinks he hears him, well, which, you know, a can of worms back to the, well, the, and the other the other point is, you know, we 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 spoke towards the fact that per, prior to our guardian landing in the tower, the ability to transcend subclasses was not a common or at least not commonly documented situation. It seemed like any any guardian who actually had access to the abilities of more than one subclass was actually really a, a notable example. Toland was one of those examples, which actually kind of feeds into my theory that Osiris was as well. We don't really have anything in the lore that points to it. Osiris is generally assumed to be a sun singer, but the fact that Toland holds him in such high regard, the fact that Toland, in a sense, almost seems to look up to Osiris, kind of points to the fact that I almost want to say Osiris transcended subclasses, because Toland was... We we know Toland was a Void Walker and a Sunsinger. We have quotes from him on both of those accounts, and we're like almost one hundred percent certain that Toland Toland had mastered both those subclasses. And so, for someone of that stature to to have someone else that he looked up to, I'd almost go as far as you know. Now that we have access to this third subclass, I'd almost go as far as saying that maybe Osiris even had all three, kind of similar to mm-hmm. our guardians. And I think there's actually quotes from Ikora that correlate us with Osiris. I can't remember I I can't remember quite something the along the lines head. at the end of the uh, maybe it's the end of one of the Stormcaller things yeah. uh quests where she says I fear I have almost nothing left to teach you. Right, yeah. And there's a sense that she's almost almost borderline afraid. Like I I haven't played the subclass quest for the warlock just yet. Um what? I, yeah, it's it, it's awesome what? to have a warlock on. Get him by, get Are him you by. Kidding? I'm a hunter. I play the night stalker. <laughs> you 
You get off this podcast and you play that subclass quiz, Blue. (laughs) (laughs) See, see, for the record, there it is. Everyone has told me that I need to play the subclass. I just, I did just play the Sun Singer one, which was really fun. I blew myself up for that one. You okay? You will meditate in the power of a storm, (laughs) and you will be struck by the storm, and you will survive, and it will be incredible. Come on, yeah, I've I've heard, I've heard, I've heard this. The subclass quest is. It is good to have a warlock on because usually it's just like my account. It's it's two hunters and a titan, so this is good. (laughs) (laughs) So, but I mean. Yeah, and so th- and then that also kind of led into a con- we had a conversation a little bit about how the crucible seemed like a an echo of sword logic, which I'm sure everyone loved hearing. But um, it, I mean, Osiris is Osiris is a portrayal of reality inside the game world. I mean, the questions that he asked that are so quote unquote div- divisive are really existential questions that most humans really do ask themselves, you know, why are we here? What do we do? Why do we do what we do? What controls our decisions? Is it my choice or is it a choice of the environment in which I was raised? All those things are actual questions that most people will ask themselves at some point in time. And so that was another reason why I kind of identified with Osiris was it's like, he's asking existential questions that I recognize from, you know, from personal life, from, you know, the things that I read as well. This is all stuff that we ask ourselves every day, and yet none of the guardians that we see in game really seem to be bothered by it. Like they don't really, they don't really go out of the way to ask the questions. And it could be because of the response that Osiris got when he asked the questions. But it also is just an interesting fact that we have a very prevalent figure in the lore that is pretty unapologetically challenging everything. So that's that's my soapbox about why I'm obsessed with Osiris for pills. <laughs> that and Egypt. That and Egypt. Oh God. The oh, trial oh the trials God. don't get us even started. The trials of Osiris have made I it's it's amazing <laughs> the connections that the gear Okay, you wanna make fun of me for shader lore. Go! Oh, we're going to talk about these shaders from a trials oh, because it is the connections are just amazing. So, so yes. do we want to to move on to yeah? Trials? Let's 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 tackle let's tackle the rest of the grimoire cards. So, I mean, just a real quick rundown: <clears throat> the the grimoire cards that we've tagged as being pretty prevalent to Osiris is obviously the Osiris card. We have a trials to Osiris. We have the disciples of Osiris. The lighthouse. Um, there's, uh, there's obviously the legend of St. 14 card, which is pretty much the ending there. Then there's the ghost fragment, the queen two, and then the the road to King's fall, which we kind of, we, we kind of talked, we'll read those because those are pretty important. There's a lot of, there's a lot of secondary mission mentions. Um, there's a ghost fragment, the Hellmouth, which is what Willie was talking about with Toland. Uh, there's the shrine of Oryx, which mentions the eyes of Osiris, which uh, Bife kind of made a comment towards. There's also Skolas captured. Uh, we learned that Varix likes the disciples. We're not really sure why, but he really likes them. Uh, Spawn Akrota has a quote from Osiris, which we can touch on. The Undying Mind, 
Timekeeper actually has another thing. And then the really fun Visions, which I think we only have the two, which is Vision 47 and 81. So. Unfortunately for now, yes. Oh, God. And those are so just like... They're, oh, you could foil off of those for days. Dude. Yeah, yeah. Which I mean, like what Bife was saying, it's like if those are predictions of where we're going. Oh Lord! Uh, All right. Oh my God! Especially when I want to say it was forty-seven. Yeah, especially. It, so oh, let's God. talk. <laughs> yeah. Do you mind, I if, guess I, we do you mind if I jump into that one? Because that's just yeah. Go for oh, it. Go for so, it, so Go for it. Okay. So vision forty-seven. The first comes in a shadow, a window becomes a door, an ebb becomes a gulf. The second comes in bones, tithes offering feasts carrying laws, a path torn, minds shattered. The third does not come alone, it cannot. Our truths woven into their being, desires beyond our own. The first needs the second to fail, the third needs the first to succeed. The second will never cease, yet the first always prevails. The third is born of all outcomes, unless all ends flow from the same pit. Which, there is a lot to unpack there. Yeah. So much. Three queens, maybe? Yeah, that's what I was going to say, is the first thing that comes to mind. It's plausible, but I mean, seeing as most things come in threes, and when... um, when you just look at very simple ones uh, and references that these could make potentially to the characters in the universe, the second comes in bones, tithes, offering feasts, carrying laws, a path torn, minds shattered. That speaks about both Oryx and Toland in a certain way to me, mainly because of a path torn and minds shattered. But at the same time, he comes in bones, tithes, offering feasts. That speaks directly to the system that the Hive have, where they tithe up the tribute to Oryx eventually through their chain. And he comes carrying laws, which are the tablets of ruin, which specifically dictate, you know, all of the laws of the Hive and state this is the word of the darkness. This is the sword logic. So that, for me, is what speaks out the most. What about you guys? Um, no, that's that's actually... Really good. Uh, the first comes in shadow, so I'm I'm almost thinking this might be the darkness or the formless one, which I don't know. A bunch of people equate it straight to Oryx, but I think it's something different. It's just it's find, it's odd, right? I find it interesting. The third one too, you know, it does not come alone. It cannot. Like I, I that really boggles my mind on who that uh, maybe the traveler. There, or the light. There's probably someone out there who's really good at algorithms who could who could put this down <laughs> as an algorithm and figure out which one wins. <laughs> so, so okay, I'm gonna kind of go off of. Remember we talked about the tarot and the impact of numerology when we were talking about um, the three of coins. Oh, yeah. So interesting thing about numerology is first off it's like the craziest of the crazy like you want to talk about spin foil that's numerology but in the tarot so the three of coins means success in tarot which is kind of ironic because that's the entire point of the the consumable so going off that so we have three right um let me make sure yes uh three the the numerology and that i just this is just a quick 
Google search. So don't do not quote me on this because I could be completely wrong. But the number three is said to be the cementing factor of one and two and goes through to four to bring about that which is desired and envisioned. Um, they can also indicate delay, but with the promise of future success. So, and I don't know if this goes up. Yeah, this just goes, the numerology usually just goes to 10. But I was going to say what, if see if anything was on 47. But so three is usually initial achievement of goals, growth, creativity, abundance, expression, communication, and friendships, which I don't know what any of that actually impacts here. But the first comes in a shadow, um, which would be one, which is new beginnings. A window becomes a door or openings. That's the other thing that one represents. The second come in bones, which is balance and duality, a crossroad of choice. I mean, maybe it's completely not a connection there, but I was just going off of that idea. You know, three looks like it's the continuation so, but then there's the fun if-then statement at the end of that. The first needs the second to fail. The third needs the first to succeed. So the second needs to fail for the third to succeed. The mm-hmm. second will never cease, though, yet the first always prevails, which means that the second fails, but it will never cease. Yeah. Which and in then, a sense, that, and then that, that talks leads of, to a- the third always being born. It's kind of, if you think about it, right, the statement about the second will always fail if the first succeeds, but it will never cease. It talks about what Oryx originally sort of states in the very end of the Book of Sorrows, that even if he dies, just by the fact that he's been conquered, they will then take up the sword logic and his mantle will live on as a result. And he will become immortal through that. Yeah. And it then makes you beg the question... Why does, if we are the first, seeing as, you know, we need Oryx to fail, is it perhaps that we're not the first and maybe Eris is the first? Seeing as they come in shadow? I don't know. Oh, yeah, that's a good. I can't, it, it's kind of a very loose reference, but having said that, if the first comes in shadow, then it's potential for that also to be Osiris, because the whole thing about a window becoming a door and an ebb becoming a gulf, it could talk about how he sort of explores and charts the Vex gate system potentially, and how eventually maybe his distance from the our world and the world of the beyond the Vex gates, maybe that sort of changes all of a sudden from something that is just you know he's occasionally going and it's a small bit of distance between the two and it turns into this massive divide Which, and it, yeah. he becomes separated like it feeds into another theory where it's like oh yeah he's sort of like, stuck well, in a vex time you know influx. the the second <clears throat> the second definitely seems to be the high i mean i i think we've already said that right because of the tithes and the carrying laws yeah, it's pretty obvious. I mean, that, I, that I, one to at me... At least it looks like it to me. Seems pretty, pretty obvious. Um, which, if the first needs the second to fail... Wait, hang on. Yeah, I so want to figure out the math here. No, 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 no. I'm actually yeah. reading, reading this differently. The first will succeed unless the second comes, and then the first will fail. It's all if-then statements. Well, they, exactly. But it... it, it the, oh, God. I'm going to 
kill the third brain. needs the first to succeed. succeed. So right. let's go. Let's just go ahead and assume that if we the first is some force that is with the guardian, so either Osiris or Eris or maybe us depends on how you interpret that card. The third is going to be is going to be born of all outcomes anyway, and it needs us to succeed. So mm. what Wait. benevolent force is looking out for us that it doesn't come alone? It cannot. Its truths are woven into its being. Desires are beyond our own. Call me crazy, but that speaks a lot of Ahamkara stuff there. That Desires and- beyond mm. our own. They do not come alone. The Ahamkara supposedly popped up with the Traveler. Truths woven into their being. The dragons that made promises. Mm-hmm. Oh, that yes. That and also, it. I mean, mostly because you guys have turned on the timeline switch in my head. That also oh, really points to the fixed <laughs> timeline model. Because the third is born of all outcomes means that no matter what happens, it's already going to happen. No matter yeah. what happens today, the, pe- the future has already happened and the past has already occurred. That's mm. the entire concept of a fixed timeline is it doesn't matter. It's already going to happen. Like we can still I mean, do what we do, but it still will lead to the outcome that it's going to lead to. If that, I mean, it, it, it's a giant paradox, but it's also it makes perfect sense. And if you look at it from a very, very big picture. Which yeah. we kind of talked about with the, you know, pulling back yeah. and looking at it. But, but there is a qualifier at the end of this card. Yes. Mm-hmm. Unless, Unless all ends flow from the same pit, which I, I'm reading that like, if that's the case, all bets are off. Right. But what? <sighs> if all ends mean, flow like... from the same pit, does that indicate that maybe light and dark are of the same? Manichaeism. I would say so. <laughs> I mean, Which, it's, yeah. it's kind of, it, it's all based off of this opposition-based thing. So what if, you know, especially given there's the crazy spinfall theories that the Ahamkara are deeply connected to the hive, mm-hmm. is it the case that then we have some shared connection to them? Is it the case that this is not at all what it's talking about, but all three parties in this card are connected anyway? How about the well, Zer quote? The Zer quote the dark, about the, the dark Traveler mirror. having the Dark Mirror. Yeah. Mm. Well, so here... Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Spin foil. There we go. <laughs> well, you know, here's the thing. Okay, so this is actually the way I read that is... So you have the first, the second, and the third, right? You, the, that's implied separate. Those Those three are implied as being separate entities or events or whatever interpretations or whatever you want. However, that last qualifier seems to almost say, unless all three are actually the same. Right? Okay. Unless they're all three the same thing. The same thing, thing. yeah. Unless all three of these is, you know, the same entity. Which seems to be like as if a nullifier of the if-then statement. It's like, if one, if one, uh, whatever, if... One minus two plus three. If if one, then minus two, then multiply three. Unless, you know, unless one equals two equals three. Right, 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 right. Which so I mean, it's it's illogical, but yes, that's yeah. If all ends flow from the same pit, if you go ahead and take that into the context of combining the different essences of people. So I mean, you know, again with the whole Oryx's legacy idea. Maybe that's the condition under which all of this happens. I mean, it makes sense in terms of why they would never cease, but if it's then you have some kind of continuation of the third party as well, and then they are taking 
some kind of drawn essence from the first and second parties, both of which by this point are joined, maybe that is a, a like separate timeline that this talks about. This oh, this card is so confusing. Yeah. Well, and, and that's the thing is like, and this is like, this actually gives you more respect for Osiris because, you know, this is probably stuff that drove him crazy. I mean, what drives a warlock to madness? Reading this stuff. <laughs> Is it perhaps? Yeah, you guys are making me feel like I need a beer run here. Um, (laughs) Well, I mean, and so let's you know let's read eighty one real quick. So you know. Oh God. Well, okay. I mean, since since we're doing visions, let's just do eighty one. Yeah, let's do it. Let's get it done. It says this journey (laughs) begins with doubt and ends in solace. One by one they fall, and you realize you are alone. There, in the shadow of night, you see the world splinter the darkness thrive and you fight with more than your light you use your pain you remember its source the way it gained its ground but you never wavered you never believed you loved her how couldn't you listen that's her calling you back but you know now that this is where you will die jesus that speaks eris mourn to me no it speaks to stranger Stranger, no. I'm thinking the traveler. No, it's the resolute. Okay, but oh god, man, this is a fun freaking episode. (laughs) So, okay, Uh, Willie, go for it. Go first, Blue. Okay, Okay, go first, Willie. Go first, Willie. Willie, Willie, go for it. All right, for me, I mean, that's. We'll go through the card again. You know, the journey begins with doubt and ends in solace, Um, and then. It's safe to say there's been a fair good amount of guardians that have fell. You know, one by one they one by one they fall, and you realize you are alone. Um, and you know, the whole story of the game for me personally, it's been that your guardian stands out amongst the others. And reasons. Hold on, one. Yeah, reasons. Hold on. So. All right. So. Yeah. Go right ahead. But okay, I'm sorry, but at the same time. I'll go ahead and get down to the the main reasons is you never wavered and you never believed you loved her. How couldn't you listen? That's her calling you back. That's for me. That's all, especially when you tie in the fact that in the original story, which we know doesn't exist in this timeline, but they still bring parts of it. The original story, Alpha Lupi was a female guardian and, her dreams are mentioned a lot when speaking of the Traveler. Um, so it could actually be Alpha Lupi, too, if we're going to keep going down rabbit holes. Yeah, I should probably true. stop now. Um, yeah, I'll stop now. Go ahead with yours, Justin. Uh, no, honestly, I can see where Vibe's coming from on Eris. One by one, they fall, and you realize you're alone. Um, this, this, it's it's Mariabrium, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah, I can, there in I the can shadow of night, see you see the world splinter, how the moon has its own cracks, the darkness thrives. You fight with more than your light, you use your pain. Eris talks about, you know, even crafting the touch of malice. Let she them feel every lash. Yeah. Every last touch of malice. And then the voices I can grow almost... stronger. I will endure. <laughs> Bring me the eyes. Um, I can actually see where blue's coming from but where she talks about or not she i don't want to speculate where the the speaker of this the person who wrote this talks about you loved her how couldn't you uh i'm 
that almost makes me think of Maya Fork. Right. That's Maya. not necessarily well, speaker. I mean, a stranger, but right, right, right. Uh, a fork of I Maya mean, Sudaresh. Right, and so you know, just I to, don't know. I'm on the fence. Wait, I guess is what I'm trying I, to say. I, I feel I feel like I'm out of the loop about Sudaresh. Someone. Yeah, I was going to say. So I was using. What? Uh, oh God. <laughs> I think um, the there's a th- there's our th- we have a theory, one of many theories, that the Exo Stranger is actually a copy of Maya in an Exo show. Oh, as in as yeah. in the Maya from the Ishtar Collective, uh, yeah. original. Which, yeah, 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 okay. Which I'm assuming visions were. I don't know. I make I made a little bit of assumption here that visions were connected to the Ishtar because these are visions of people who were put into the Vex mind. Which might, you know, I don't have any grounds to say that, so I just assume that. But, okay, so there's the ghost fragment, the Exo Stranger, and she, this is from the Exo Stranger, and the ending of it is that, you know, she is resolute. The uh, the enemies outflank us from below, above, left, right, be- before, beyond. The travelers shattering. They are there are always the dead. Their names shift. Sometimes I think I see myself among the dead. I mean, so the journey begins with doubt and ends in solace. Yeah, I I don't know if she's necessarily mm. satisfied oh. with where she ends, but one by one they fall, and you realize you're alone. She definitely views herself as being alone, and you know that she says the you know. Uh, I always stand here resolute, then fall back to that point there where everything shatters. The sky isn't special here, certainly no better than any other sky, but it's the view I know best. And and then, you know, and you fight with more than your light, you use your pain. Well, we know she's not forged with light, so she doesn't have light. I mean, so that's the one part that this is kind of weak on it. But no. you remember its source, the way it gained its ground. You never wavered, you never believed. That's resolution. Like you, she, she, you know, she just, she stood where she stood and she will stand there as many times as Mm. it takes her. And then, yeah. And then there's the love you loved her. And then that's her calling you back. There's an entire, I can't remember where exactly in the grimoire it is right now, but there is a couple comments about Maya talking about searching for forks of, I just pulled a blank on her yeah, name. Yeah, of Chioma. Chioma. Yeah, um, yeah, she, yeah, she used the device, what it was. Um, she right. used the device to um, look for timelines yeah. of the the forks, like pretty much seeing what they were up to. And uh, she was specifically looking for timelines where Fork Chioma and Fork Maya, yeah. you know, yeah. ended up staying together, right, staying right. in love, and mm. so but, on and, and so then there's, but, but you know now that this is where you will die. Yeah, no, something just hit me like a ton of bricks, and I think I've cracked it. I, Go for it. Oh, my God. So, yeah, Blue, that's that's a perfectly good theory. What if this um, is – okay, no, go for it. No, no. This <laughs> is it sounds not, like Justin has something good here. No, no, this is not the stranger speaking. This is not Eris Morn speaking. This is Ariana 3, and God. the she she references is Wei Ning. She's Wei Ning. Dude, I was – this is the thing, right? I was thinking to myself, it's surely it's Eris referencing Ariana, but you're right, dude. It could work. Or it's oh, Osiris. Because the person here clearly died – well, or felt that they were about to die. And then also, but you never and wavered. In, you never uh, believed. Hellmouth 2. Or no, not Hellmouth 2. One of the Hellmouth cards where it talks about how she dies alone in the stills. 
Yeah, and she was so You know very this is where you will end. die. The ends and it ends in solace. Oh, Derek. It's or, Ariana. Or it's Osiris. Because it's Ariana we, confirmed. No, 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 no. Bam. Listen, listen, listen. <laughs> so, okay. We're going we're gonna to take a little trip down mythology and look at Osiris' mm. story. Osiris only gains his divine powers after being betrayed and torn into, you know, depending on the, the text that you're following, 14 or 26 pieces. By so he's, he's killed Isn't by it? Set. Yeah, his brother. Yeah. Or Ty, Typhon, according to the Greek version. Um, but he's killed, and it's actually his wife, or his sister wife, Isis, who journeys and finds the pieces of his body, puts them back together, and by the grace of the magic that her that their father taught them, actually resurrects him. So... You know, you want to talk about fighting with more than light. You use your pain. You remember its source, the way it gained its ground. That could be that could be Osiris. You know, de- I mean, it depends. We we always go back and forth on the mythology and the connection it has in game. But what if this is actually Osiris? What if what if this is Osiris? That this journey begins with doubt. Well, what did Osiris do? He questioned everything. It ends in solace. We don't know where Osiris's is ending, but we assume he's got an end game. And one by one, they fall. You realize that you are alone. I mean, that could be his his companions. That could be you know anything. And you know this this whole thing is like we know that Osiris walked into the darkness and came back into the light. Mm-hmm. And you know Osiris has probably got a bit of pain, especially if you're tying into the mythology there. And then listen to her that calling you back. Isis resurrected him from the dead. She pulled him back from the land of the dead. And his oh God, tenacity. What if his ghost is called, is, is called Isis? I will oh. die of absolute oh, happiness. God. I have my own theory about <laughs> Isis. I, I almost want to say that the stranger could be a symbol for Isis too. That she's actually questing to find pieces of Osiris to put him back together. But, oh, man. but yeah, no. If his ghost is named Isis... Oh my god! I would, I would like probably just. This keel is why I dead. love this card so much because it leaves you <laughs> yeah. with so many. Like, it gives you the ability to speculate into so many different clear-cut, awesome-looking theories. Right. Right. Like the amazing thing is, all four of us jumped in, and we each had a different person who we thought it was, and each one sounds plausible, but we don't have answers. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, and then and then oh, one last me, one last point it. of uh, Osiris is the you never wavered, you never believed line. Like, look at what mm. happened with him and the speaker. He never he was, wavered, he yeah. never believed, and he got his butt kicked out of the tower for it, but he he didn't waver. He walked out. And I, I, you know, in my head, I have this picture of him walking out with his head held high. And he's like, no, I'm not doing this. I'm leaving. And, you know, that's just kind of the thing is like with this whole mythology of Osiris, you know, we can argue whether or not it actually has impact in the game. I think that there are a ton of coincidences with the mythology of Osiris, plus the weight that they keep putting on Osiris. It's, you know, he's obviously a very major player. And so, I don't know if he's going to be green, though. That would make me happy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> God, because of the way the mythology yeah. works out. <laughs> if, he, yeah. if he shows up and he has green on him anywhere, that will be another part of me just, like, keeling over with just happiness. Like, yep, I'm done. I'm done. I'm, I'm done. done. I'm, I'm done. <laughs> nope. 
<laughs> oh god i mean the one line that really makes me question any of the theories though aside from maybe the ariana 3 one is but you know now that it's the yeah wait but you know now that is where you will die yeah, Unisys just actually. Actually, in. wait, no, I I completely read that wrong. I've originally, I read it, but you now know this is where you will die. Is how I originally read it, but no, it's you know now that is where you will die. Yeah. So whoever is calling back to the reader of this card is where the person is going to die. God. Okay. Right. No, I'm going to. Uni, uni I'm just going to sit. Uni in chat oh, says God. Ariana in Hellmouth 2 says, Again, <laughs> I will confess I am Ariana 3 of the Praxic Fire, and I know my flame goes out down here. So, uh, but it's, it's frustrating then because it's you listen to her calling you back, and right. waning. If it's talking about how Ariana was clearly, well, there's this connection between Ariana and waning where there's very much an affection between the two. Whether that's something more than just very close friends is not entirely clear. But if that is the case, where you know, it's her calling Ariana back it sort of doesn't make sense then because it's two completely separate events, Mara Ibrium and the f- assault by Toland and Eris's team on the Hellmouth. So you have to sort of question that a bit right? because how can, unless it's some kind of scream of the dead and the hive have somehow managed to manipulate waning. I don't know. Well, or, you know, let's, and they let's... did hold on to waning's Kong for a long time. So maybe there's some relevance to that. Maybe they keep the artifacts of the dead for a reason. I don't know. Well, and then there's the art, there's the argument of what happens to the guardian after they die. You know, mm-hmm. you know, let's talk about the netherverse there for a little bit. Oh God. Because, I mean, God. But, I mean, think about it. Think about it. It is. Oh, we know well. that we know that the hive have their own version of the netherverse. I mean, we have indications that the guardians, they do go somewhere. You know, we, there is, there is a sense of an afterlife in this game. We know that there is an afterlife. There is multiple comments, you know, in some of the, mm. the, the most prevalent one that I can think of is in Cade stash. When you scan the, the ODST drop pod, I swear to God, that is master chief. But mm-hmm. he, he said, he specifically says, I tried to resurrect him. And he said, no, like there was a conversation mm. with the ghost about him coming back to life. And the guy <laughs> said, no. And so, which that means is there, there is a level of consciousness after death and so you know yeah if it's if you want to say if if we want to go down the road of ariana waning could be calling now i would argue that it it depends also on the nature of waning's death that might not be you know she might not be it depends on what happens when they die at crota's hand because mm-hmm. you would assume sort of sword logic that they get assumed by things but um you know i I can see. I can, I can. I mean, that's the other fun thing is I can see all of these variation of der- translations of this card. I can totally see. Oh yeah. We should totally move on. Otherwise, we're gonna yeah, get we're stuck gonna, in the we're spin going foil. To. Oh my gosh. The spin foil vision, swamp. Vision cards are fun. So oh, yeah. okay, let's let's talk about um, Trials of Osiris. That that sound like a good jump because we're gonna spend some time on these too. Let's do it. Okay. So Trials of Osiris, the Grimoire card, uh, has a quote from Brother Vance, who is a disciple of Osiris, which is actually how we kind of get confirmation that that cult of personality actually kind of metamorphoses into something. Um, His quote is, if you think you're ready, then you're ready. 
And it says, the cult of Osiris wants something. Whatever it is, it might be obtained through violence. The trials are a competition built to identify guardians who never lose. The warlock Osiris vanished into exile years ago. Unlike Solitary Toland, Osiris left a network of acolytes and admirers who carry on his work. The cult invites only select guardians into their tournament, and only in teams of three. The cult wants effortless teamwork, inexplorable momentum, and something else. Consistency, perhaps, or luck, or fate. Any fire team that loses three matches is ejected from the tournament. Fire teams that win again and again earn spectacular rewards. For the record, there's only one of us on the chat that actually has gone flawless. So, we'll uh, give give way to the, the master of the trials, Bife. Give one second for that silly sound of the pipes in my house to chill. <laughs> there, we, there we go, okay. Questions, let's go. <laughs> I'm so sorry, dude. No worries. I'm trying to... Oh. There we go. Um, Just a second. I mean, the first, for me at least, the first thing that Trials makes a nod to is Osiris as a judge, which mm. is in the mythology again. He's the judge of the dead. He, uh, there's a, a, you know, the process of weighing the deceased's heart on a scale against mm. the feather of Maat to see whether or not they are worthy to enter into Aru. Uh, Aru, I think is the pronunciation. It's a... Itch is the Egyptian afterlife, isn't it? Yeah, well, yeah, so Aru is the Egyptian version of the Ephesian fields, which in Greek mythology is a wheat field. In the Egyptian mythology, it's a reed field, which makes perfect sense. But um, there's, there's a process in which... so. When someone dies in Egypt, the mythological belief is that they will, you know, go into the underworld and they are, they are put, well, during the cult of Osiris in myth, in Egypt, there was the belief that they would be presented to a tribunal of 42 ju- divine judges, one for each of what's called the gnome in Egypt. And this was basically the sub-regions of Egypt. And so there, there, there was a whole, I can go on and on about that one, but there is a... Um, there's a goddess who later comes to, well, she becomes a goddess later and her name is Ma'at. And part of the Tribune's process was judging whether or not this soul would be worthy to go to, a, I, th- I want to say it's a rue and I cannot confirm that. Hang on real quick. I'm going to make sure, but it's basically, is this person worthy to go on to be with Osiris for eternity? And, Part of that process was literally taking their heart, which is what would believe to be the the source of you know the person's conscience in the Egyptian world, and putting it on a scale against a feather of maat. And if and it's the classic, it's the classic. You know, is the scale even? Is your heart the same weight as the maat's feather? And Ma'at is literally a concept of truth, balance, order, harmony, law, morality, and order. So it was, you know, basically, did you live a good life? And if you were, if you were found worthy, you literally went on and 
to a process of purification which was found on a flame island. It's a place that was described as an island full of flames where the worthy experienced the triumph over evil and was reborn, were reborn into the kingdom of Cyrus to uh, exist in eternity with Ra. Um, if you were found not worthy, you were basically fed to what was called the devourer. And this was after being subjected to terrifying punishments. They became they they were fed to the devourer, which then annihilated them completely. So, and it, the devourer is it's portrayed in ancient Egypt as a giant river crocodile. Yes, which has a maw, which I'm going to hmm. point into that as well. Oh yeah, but um, and the word devourer has many triggerings in yes. law people I know, but let, let's ignore that. <laughs> But, but, and so like, but what, what's actually kind of cool, you know, with the whole mythology here is that, so this obviously led into the Christian concept of a, a hell of eternal torture. What separates it from this is that in the Egyptian cult of Osiris, the unworthy were not tortured eternally. They were, they were tortured. They were punished for their crimes in their their physical lives but after their punishments were done they were destroyed they were destroyed they were obliterated annihilated completely they could not be reborn and in egyptian mythology and egyptian religion that that was very very important because they believed in the entire concept of reincarnation so if you were obliterated because you didn't live a good life you were you were literally that death was your final death there was no ghost to resurrect you, basically, um, which is a very interesting process. And so the other thing that here is like this, this entire process was actually kind of called the trials of Osiris. It was a trial in which you faced a tribunal that decided whether or not you were worthy to go to that flame island. And Unisys actually beat me to it in the chat. It says it makes it perfect sense for the lighthouse to be on Mercury. Because Mercury is a small planet that's wreathed in eternal flame from the sun. It's, a, it's an island of flame, and only the worthy are allowed onto that island. So. So many parallels. Oh, there's. Just, oh, it, uh, and we, and we, actually, we actually chatted, you know, Justin actually had this point too. He's like, you know, when you look at mythology and you look at destiny. If you hit like one or two points, you're like, okay, that's really cool. That's a cool coincidence. When I'm starting to hit like 25 or 30 connections, I'm like, okay, there is something. You cannot simply say that this is coincidence. Coincidence does not have weight of interconnected strands. This is, this is a straight up influence. Like, I mean, and there's, there's, oh, there's so much fun. There's so many fun parallels that I have found in like doing trials of Osiris. Just, just the gear. Just researching the gear of Trials of Osiris, there is a ton of parallels between the mythology and the game. Like, there's just, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to write up what my, I'm gonna have to make a mind map of Osiris, and it's not gonna be a small one. <laughs> so that oh, I, that that soapbox being crushed now f- completely. <laughs> oh man. It's I just mean, way too much. Oh yeah, it's uh, and it, it's so funny. Osiris is Destiny's Kevin Bacon. 
It, you know, everyone, everyone makes fun of me for bringing him up in every podcast, but it really, it's because he's connected to like ever. I mean, we actually, your original comparison, I made a note because I thought it was hilarious. You said in the original podcast that Osiris is Kiefer Sutherland from Flatlines. And, <laughs> yeah, and Flatliners. Willie, Willie, yeah. Willie made the point that he's actually Obi-Wan Kenobi. Oh, which, wow, yeah. which is on our side as opposed to the speaker who is very dubious, was the quote. <laughs> So I, oh man! So I mean, but yeah, it, I, I know. I know it's kind of a running joke with us. Is like, all right, when's Blue going to bring up Osiris? And it's like because he's right there. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness oh. gracious! So, having said that, we can talk. You want to talk real quick about the disciples who actually yeah. run the trials? <clears throat> Yeah, actually, uh, there are only three named ones, if I yes. remember correct, right? Yeah. There is Brother Vance, and then help me on the other one. Sister Feora, and then yes. there is a, I think there is a single reference somewhere, and I have not been able to find it. I just kind of remember it's this one. piece um, of gear, isn't it? Yeah. Sister Lupe, I think is her name. And, but, oh, yeah, yeah. We only have, I can... Why do you have the disciples pulled up and I'll go search for Lupe? Yeah. Yeah. I've got the disciples card. Okay. Uh, encrypted Champollion algorithm version dot four key bank. My brother, despite all Shax's work with the crucible, we must accept that the tower may never be ready to accept the trials. But as many guardians flock to the reef, we are suddenly presented with not one opportunity, but two. Go to the reef. Tell guardians your story. Give passage to any guardian that requests it. If the tower learns fear, if they know of the trials, the for dwelling so close to the margins between dark and light, your sister, Feora. And then um, I did find it. Sister Lupe is on <clears throat> the mark of the exile. And she says, though the city won a great battle at Twilight Gap, it lost an even greater mind. So that actually puts a time. I know Pens is going to really enjoy that because that puts a timeline on the Osiris exile, which we kind of knew from the Legend of Saint Fourteen. But um, it's tough. But I mean, it it makes you question: like, what do you mean by lose? It's not just a case of oh, he wasn't. You know, he basically well, chose to leave the tower, but. There's more context if you look further into the theories that Osiris is eventually just splitting himself off well, in or, so many other ways. I mean, like the 16 or 24 divisions of Osiris in Egyptian mythology. Right. That, that could mean a whole bunch of different things. It could be like, forks. It could be versions. Mm-hmm. I mean, also realize that there's a very large part of the mythology that we don't really have any background of is who is the set in this story? Mm, I mean, is it Saint Fourteen? Is Saint Fourteen set? Does Saint Fourteen well, betray Osiris and kill him? What's the other concept? Because I know that all of them are technically children of Ra in yes. that, well, so it could make some sense if Saint Fourteen. Uh, they're all children of Geb and Nut. Uh, hang on, I can look up a. But here's the thing: if it's even if it's a grandchild, think of that in some kind of very convoluted family tree sense of. Traveler to speaker to mm-hmm. Saint Fourteen and Osiris, and there you have three generations. Or yeah, so you could it, make that parallel. 
it goes uh the the prime primal gods were Nun and Mahat, I think it's Mahat Weret. And then that gave birth to Mat and Ra. Ra then gave birth to Shu and Tefnut, and then that was where Geb and Nut and Thoth became they came into existence. And then Geb and Nut had three children, uh Nephethysis, Osiris, and Isis. And then Osiris and Isis actually gave birth to Horus. And then um, Isis and Nephethysis were sisters. And Osiris and Nephethysis, uh, there was a seduction from Nephethysis to Osiris that actually conceived of Anubis, which is, you know, the the jackal-headed. So Horus is the, the falcon head god. Anubis is the jackal head. Um, and then Seth was actually... So Seth is actually Osiris's half brother in the family tree that I'm looking at right now. And Seth is the one that betrayed Osiris because Osiris was the pharaoh. And there's a couple variations on how he killed him, but he be- he basically he betrays him for his throne. He he betrays Osiris to take his throne. So which <sighs> I don't, and that's where kind of the parallel kind of stutter steps. Mm. Because, I mean, where is Saint Fourteen to take Osiris's throne? Right, right. I mean, almost. I almost want to. I don't know. I almost want to say a Saint Fourteen is more of a Horus figure. Than, yeah, in a certain sense. Because I mean, he's the sun god, right? Sun. Mm. Mind. I mean, that's a tenuous connection, but. I don't know. It's that I mean like I'm trying to draw parallels between mythology and the game which of course is, you know, as we've said is there's not going to be a one to one ratio. But I think but you know when it comes to Osiris it it's a very big part of his mythology is the fact that he was not only killed but he was his corpse was mutilated and then he was mm. resurrected. And that's how, you know, his his resurrection was actually what keyed the gods into making him the god of the underworld was because his tenacity to clinging to life. And they're like, yep, we can respect that. Um, God, there's so much mythology on this one. But so I... I don't know. I, I I mean, there's like I, I we were kind of taught chatting about it before the stream. There's there's kind of three outstanding potentials for um, the set figure. Um, there's Saint fourteen, which is you know it's a pretty obvious. They're they're very close. They were almost brother in arms. There's the speaker, which has its own issues, I think. And then there's Toland. I mean, Toland could be set. Oh, wow. You know, because I mean, they were they were brothers in research. They were they were close friends. We knew they were close friends. And Toland is kind of obsessed with. He's a the loner dead. as well. Yeah, and then that brings in a nice parallel of I don't know whether. Well, actually, no. Here's an idea, right? Osiris is constantly surrounded by his disciples. In a certain sense, he has his own following, but yeah, it's a cult. Like, given the influence, it's a cult, right? Yeah. But take that and compare it to a kingdom. A kingdom of thought, perhaps, right? Mm -hmm. You then take a look at Toland and every single communication that he has with us in the grimoire after his death, with with all of the king's full grimoire in particular. And there are those lines like, do tell me if a vacancy opens. Right. (laughs) Like, in a certain sense, he does desire that kind of power. Correct. 
and I mean the other the other thing about Set is you know okay just real quick, Set is the god. I mean he's he's pretty much god of storms, desert, chaos, and war. He's also attributed violence and oddly foreigners. I don't know where that one comes from, but um, he he's just uh, I don't he's got you know, I mean he has his own super super freaking deep mythology, but. I mean, his big claim to fame is the is as the usurper who killed and mutilated his own brother. I mean that that is his big thing. And then Horus actually goes on to seek revenge upon Set. And I mean, there's there's tons of myths about how Horus and Set went to war with each other. And you know, Horus, who is you know, for those of us who are more familiar with Greek mythology, Horus is equated to Hercules. And you know, the trials of Hercules is a huge also a huge thing here but the Horus and Set eventually I think actually Horus actually eventually comes up and kills Set he manages to kill Set which mm. then gives way to Anubis taking you know they're, they're not, they're, there's a ton of infighting in the Egyptian hierarchies here but the, the Horus and Set thing was a huge thing that actually came up with oh <laughs> involvement of isis in that story as no, well i think well, but yeah, what have you just gone on about <laughs> but, but then there's okay so let's let's go down that thought process that saint 14 is horus let's say that set is actually the trap or the uh, speaker if the mm. destruction of osiris set horus against set could that be the destruction of osiris gets set saint 14 against the speaker and that then leads us to all sorts of interesting possibilities. But then again, why does the speaker then have the relation where he calls Saint Fourteen his son? Yeah, I don't. That's 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 the bit that gets hung up on me, especially seeing as there's like in particular there's this weird parallel with Osiris, right? Because more often than not, Osiris is seen as the rebellious one. And then you know, if you're going to go ahead and draw that parallel, it almost would make more sense if the speaker. Osiris's position, because then you have the more obvious forms of Set and Horus in Saint Fourteen and Osiris himself. I don't know. This is it, this is it, again. I, we're trying to draw parallels. It's odd, right? Right. I mean, you know, I get myself in trouble with drawing parallels with mythology, but um, it's yeah. Osiris's myth is just a very interesting myth to begin with, and then you start like you actually start pulling connections from in game. You know, there's the there's all the weapons. <clears throat> there's the the concept of him having a cult. There's the lighthouse connection. There's the trials in which he's judging someone of being worthy to go to the lighthouse, um, which we've kind of already talked about. Um, there is the entire concept of him being in exile. There's the, uh, uh, what is it? The watchers, the winged sun. I mean, so there's, there, there's a lot of armor, you know, from the trials. There's blind sight. There are exiles there. So it's blind sight, the exile, the Hezen Lords, watchers, winged sun. And I think there was, well, more. I, technically the Hezen Lord stuff is warlock gear from the vault of glass. And that just, oh, it, it's yeah, only yeah, there yeah, because just, it makes passing okay. references yeah. to him. Right, right, right. That is yes, that's correct. Uh, wing, yeah, wing sun, yeah, was the last one. But then most, and you know, with most of the gear, it all has the a prestigious trophy earned in battle during the trials of Osiris. Quote, 
Um, there were a few that didn't. The the Blind Sight uh, had a couple quotes from I think it was was it Parables? Yeah, Parables of the Allspring. Yeah. That's where we get a couple of quotes from there. For example, the boots is where well like the, the parables or they have their own sort of generic sayings grabbed right. from the speakers supposedly right so like on the hood of the exile it's don't you find it strange that the one called the speaker rarely has anything useful to say which is just listed under sayings <laughs> of disciples i do love how that's such a subtle little <laughs> jab at the it, speaker. it kind of it sings of tolan's little jabs too towards the, mm. the speaker but like blind sight, <clears throat> blind sight gloves is, you know, with the sight, I saw the self within the self, which actually that's fractal scrolls. And then there's the vestments, which I shrouded myself. So when the light returned, I could see it all the clearer and the boots has, that's the famous one, the courage to walk into the darkness, but the strength to return to the light. That's the, mm-hmm. the one that everyone loves having. Um, um, how could you not love that? I it's, mean, it's such an awesome quote. Oh, yeah. it's, uh, and let's see who who else has text that mentions them going into darkness <laughs> and returning into, the into demon light. light. He walked out and, into the demon light. And who was this that said brighter. that this person did such things? <laughs> God damn it. Our Lord and no. Savior pay in no. force. No. <laughs> no. Really? No. You can't be realist like this. But um, I do want to point out, um, because we've been at it for a good while now, so I do want to point out that this is the podcast where the original pain theory was established. (laughs) And uh, the the chat, I think, I can't remember who exactly said, I want to say it might have been Dragon, but um, they pointed out a good point to this week's pain theory of the week. Can I say um, that it's pain in my ass? <laughs> <laughs> Please tell me someone else has made that joke. Please. Justin, Justin normally is. Oh, okay, no, sure. this is going to be painful. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But you um, you look at the, the Saint card where I can't remember what the exact name of the uh, – I had it up earlier. The, the Titan mark is called uh, – it's the mark of the the lit, or let me look that up real quick. The one where Saint says that he had a singer they protected. Mm-hmm. Come on, Lord, there it is. is it it is actually called Mark of the Beacon. My God, which is okay. Mark of the Beacon. A singer came to me saying, "You protect me, and I do nothing in return." Oh. I told him to sing, and he understood, which was a direct quote from St. 14. Now, we also have another quote from St. 14 where he says, I have found one of the most interesting things, a pragmatic warlock. Um, I think both of these lead to Osiris, honestly. When it comes down to it, everybody assumes Osiris, the sun singer. Um, you know, when you go into the meeting between Eris Queen Mara and uh, third unknown party, Eris can't look at him. He's mm-hmm. there's something about his light that's just too bright. You know, she she has to turn away. Uh, so, with that being said, it's safe to say that the warlock that Osiris or that Saint Fourteen's talking about is Osiris, especially since he looked at him so highly. You know, with wanting him to be the warlock vanguard and whatnot, 
as well as we have the fact that he is a sun singer we will go ahead and go back to mark of the beacon you'll see uh, it does seem most likely he's talking about a warlock even though it kind of I still don't see Osiris being like, oh, you're protecting me and I'm doing nothing. You know, I, I see him blinking all over the place and like, you know, just fire melee, fire shield, fire melee. But for all extensive purposes for this week's pain theory of the week, we will say. <laughs> oh, I'm back. Justin's mic decides to kick in. <laughs> Perfect timing. He's like behind the mic. He's just been cursing like, no, really, stop. He's just been banging his head against the wall the whole time. But no, I do think that this is actually, it could be a card that actually does associate to Osiris. Um, once again, it is hard to think about Osiris just sitting around doing nothing while Saint and the other Titans are doing all the action. But we do know that that is where Osiris and Saint-14 met, or at least that's where they they forged such a strong bond, is at the Battle of Six Fronts, which is assumed to be where this card was taking place. So there's that, and we could keep going, but I'll just shut up now and back to your regularly scheduled program. <laughs> Pay and be with you. <laughs> Well, and, you know, the so in the original podcast too, we did we talked about the battle of six fronts and his his seemingly ability to be a, a multi multi location capabilities. And I know we kind of threw out the idea that it was maybe a harnessing of vex, vex technology, actually, where he had sent himself into the past to you know be able to help that battle. I also I remember making the point of it being like a Mr. Manhattan from Watchmen situation where you know he's like you know multiple locations and you know all that. So and then like I thought I remember someone dropping a giant mind bomb on me about the meeting with the queen because I think this was the original episode where you guys decided to screw with me and say that it was Saint 14 because she couldn't see and that was the entire ability on his helmet. Yes, Starless Knight. Dude, I, yes, God. Starless Knight. My ears are I'm still just ringing saying, from that one. What happens when you enter a Ward of Dawn with, from a defender that has Saint-14 on? It doesn't go dark. It goes bright. It gets extremely bright. You can't see anything. I mean, I'm just, I'm just saying. I mean, I think you know it was what? you, Blue, that said that and a, a meeting as important as that, Osiris would attend it himself. Right. But, I mean, we, we also know that him and Saint had a close relationship. So I mean, there's a good chance, yeah, we're going to end um, up going there again. I that actually already. spins off of a spin four theory that I have that I want to share at the end. Really? Is it the dragon theory? No, no, there's no dragon. <laughs> on, on a scale of one to ten, oh, and God. one is uh, – one is Zavala as a Titan, and ten is Payan riding a Chinese dragon. It's about like a five point eight. It's, it's not that bad. <laughs> I love that. Even, I love that we originally, originally the scale was one to five. Now it's a one to ten with decimal points. <laughs> no, it's pretty good. I'm gonna save it for the end. Though. Please, dude, this sounds incredible. 
Oh my god. Uh, we now have an official pain scale. <laughs> yeah, the pain scale. It's the pain, the pain, it's the pain effect. Oh, it works on pain so scale. Levels. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> on, an, on a scale of 1 to 10 on the pain scale, how would you rate this? <laughs> and you need I to know have pictures. pictures of I love how the one is in riding a Chinese dragon specifically. <laughs> like, what, what's, what's, what, why's it got to be a Chinese dragon, Dustin? Well, the two craziest theories I could come up with merged. So. Oh, God. Why couldn't it be a Nordic dragon? Yeah. Well, uh, the Chinese dragon's my, my crazy theory, will it? Yeah, it's, it's, the, oh, okay. it's the marriage of your two theories. Have fun yeah. with that. Anyway, anyway might, as well, <laughs> might as well just go ahead and make it pain riding a Chinese dragon to go see Nocris. Like, hey, hey, you leave Nocris out of this. <laughs> he has he's he's busy being saying. a speaker. I'm coming to the assumption we're not going to make it through every piece of gear, but I don't think we need to. Really. No, I mean, well, and that's that's the thing. It's like a lot of this gear. Um, a lot of from, yeah, a lot of the year one gear is pretty, like, like I said, they're a prestigious trophy earned through in battle through during the trials of Osiris. There, there wasn't a lot of, I mean, yeah, other than you really got the flavor text from the flawless gear is where you got, you know, the good text, like you said earlier, the, uh, tell us what that looks like. <laughs> with the uh, the new gear for like the year two, we wouldn't that, know. That is that's got some unique quotes on it. So those are like the binary dawn, which is a fun one. Um, mm. Doctrine of passing, you know, all those the newer gear that has unique quotes on it, and we can I mean we can run through those really quick. Yeah, go ahead. I am Let's down like Charlie Brown. <laughs> God, down oh God. <laughs> so let's let's forget this happened and move on. Let's never speak of this again. So binary binary dawn. Actually, I I think I kind of called this out as an interesting because Brother Vance has a really interesting quote about, or maybe it was I think it was Brother Vance where it was like, "Are they dead? Is he dead or is he alive?" And in in an answer, yes. Was that Vance? No, that wasn't Vance. That was someone else. There's, there's a, there's a quote, and I, I'm drawing a blank, and I don't have it linked here. But there's a. I do want to say that is Vance when he, you're talking about. Might the, be on, and that's why we assume that it's Osiris that he's talking about. Right. He's like, is he, is he, is he alive? Is he dead? Did he leave peacefully? Did he leave under duress? In us, in an answer, yes. Binary yes. Dawn is kind of a. A fun one because he says one day you will see them both and it was like well a binary so a binary system for non-technological people is ones and zeros they they can't be both like if it's a one or the other it's not capable of being both so it's an inter- that's that to me was an interesting yeah so those are absolute states yes you're either yeah. one yeah. or zero you're either, you're either on closed. or you're off you're not both. It's, yeah the alternative for binary, I, I only mention this because you make the point of binary systems, is that 
uh, you also have binary stars, which are right. systems where they have two suns in the center, so you'd see two oh, suns in the sky. And a binary dawn would point oh, to. Oh, yeah. That's a good catch. Good catch. Yeah. I, I bow to that. <laughs> um, Doctrine of Passing is another Thanatonaut quote that says, Death is the best teacher. And that is. And then I think the only difference, and some of these weapons have. For those of us who aren't PvPers, those are there's a difference between the normal weapon and then what's called the adept weapon. And adepts in in game is a dis, it's just basically the la, I think it's just the last resort or last resort perk. I believe yeah. it's really the only. It's yeah, you're right. It's identical aside from the fact that you get it from the lighthouse. It more often than not will drop at three ten light or higher. And you can uh, you have that last resort perk on all of them as default, so it's always enabled. But I think the quote for our part, oh, yeah, why quote. did you lead me into Brother Vance quotes, man? Oh yeah, damn it! <laughs> I'm Here's looking a good right one. Now. No, I'm looking oh, at this one. It says he is the one true speaker who knows the traveler will never speak again. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> Come on! <laughs> that is. And here's another one. No. You are not one of my cores hidden, are you? I felt like we've met before. Because and he says that oh there's another God, one. The, yeah, here it is. Here's one. He says, uh, he trusts Ikora. He knows her hidden too well. So that also ties something we haven't talked about before, that Ikora does most likely have contact with Osiris. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, well, yes, we have not discussed that, but that would not surprise me because, I mean, there's there's the idea. Well, okay. Osiris no, was the vanguard before Ikora, and there's a large number of people who actually attribute the hidden to being created by Osiris, not by Ikora. Ikora inherited the hidden from Osiris. Because the hidden is the the secret society, whether or not it's just warlocks or it's just an intelligence community that report to the warlock vanguard. That that you know, it's like the the intelligence committee or intelligence community of the tower. And the warlock vanguard apparently is the head of the CIA or the NSA or whatever organization you want to pick. There, they manage that intelligence committee. And they, you know, the the hidden are feeding the intelligence to that individual. So Osiris, when he was exiled, left. And then Ikora took the mantle of the leader of the hidden, as well as the warlock vanguard. And not to to derail it anymore, but have you ever noticed how Brother Vance seems to be talking to Osiris? Mm Mm-hmm. Well, um, he, he also, does it a lot. Well, that's but the, there's a quote. Right. There's a quote, and he says, "I was talking to myself. You're not interrupting anything." Right. And As that, opposed to the times where he's talking to himself, and you are interrupting <laughs> something. <laughs> so. There is this really random quote here that says, "Who is this one that calls himself Artie?" And that makes you wonder who the hell Artie is. Because <laughs> um, I that one up. Oh, no, I swear to God, it's on <laughs> destinypedia.com. Go to go to Brother well, Vance's quotes. That, that's what led to the my question, I think, in the original one, where it was like, well, what <clears throat> what proof do we have that Vance isn't Osiris? Right? Ooh. Uh, 
Uh, well, I mean, I mean, he does say I mean, things not, like not not to say that he is the Osiris, but you you know we're talking about multiple one of versions, the parts. one of the parts. Well, he hmm. says, where is it? Oh, it says right here. I follow Osiris, not the speaker. Do you know his legend? That would that would say he's a follower of Osiris compared to. And another thing I want to point out, looking at the quotes. Brother Vance is blind. He yes. lost his sight in the trials. He sacrificed. And him. he used to be a guardian, specifically a warlock. Not sure if anybody else here had heard, read that yes. already. And but. there's actually he he made him he also makes a comment that he sees himself as a hunter. Oh, why do you make me deal with the shacks, master? Is it a test? <laughs> <laughs> Why do I gotta deal with this guy? Can I not? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Um, Blue, I mean, you make a very interesting point about the fact that he wishes he was a hunter, right? Right. Because it it goes back to what the Concordat was originally talking about, you know, and also Osiris' original card. Like, how many of your ghost's memories have they implanted there? And also, Mm -hmm. is it possible for a faulty incarnation to occur when a guardian is born? Right, and we know we know that he is no longer a guardian. Um, and I was going to make a comment. Oh well, we know he's no longer a guardian, but we also know that Shax has spoke has quote met teams of warlocks who have no shadow but don't blink. Yeah, that's pretty good too. That's um. And originally, when I first read that quote way back, I thought he was talking about the Red Jacks. Might have been actually like a team of warlocks instead. Mm-hmm. But, you know, looking at what we've gathered through the chat and, you know, just our personal experiences, it, it could be the hidden or it could even be, you know, some disciples of Osiris. Right. Well, and I think, I mean, a lot of people, because the Red Jacks are the um, Crucible Reclamation crew. They're the janitors of the Crucible. The Shax's personal, like, fire team, basically. Yeah, he's like... I want this like for an arena. Hit. Go kill everything there. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. except, for, except for those guys. They're going to be driving sparrows through there, so make sure you leave some people for them to run <laughs> yeah, over. Make sure you leave some <laughs> for the sparrow races. We mm. need those to be exciting. Oh. But, but Shax, this is in the middle of the Dreadnought. You think I care? <laughs> Get out there! You expect Saladin to watch these matches? Get back out there! <laughs> Get out there and fight, Guardian! Oh, God. I love it. Um, and apparently, I had a fire Osiris at some people. point, he's asked uh, Vance to shadow Aldrin. Yes. Because uh, Vance asks him, why do you wish for me to shadow this Aldrin? Does he scare you? Does he? And that that's... No, he annoys I me. I mean, yeah. <laughs> if Osiris is anything know. like us, like we think he is, Osiris is just like, no, I just don't like him. <laughs> like, this, this this guy just sucks. Well, just and to so make sure he doesn't do anything the stupid. The interesting thing about... So, like, you, you spoke to Vance being blind, right? The interesting thing about that is that a lot of the flavor text from the weapons speak about seeing clearly and seeing more clearly. You know, like the, uh, I think it's the glass prom promontory. It's not the height of the cliff, but the struggle of the climb that clears my eyes. Then you have, you know, elevating vision, which is basically find a way to the top. I mean, there's a lot of, um, 
the water star here in the yeah. desert of glass and hardship you will find true refreshment right and then the jewel of osiris is its shimmering facets extend beyond sight or touch which is you know it, it to me it's it's interesting because like there's the whole vance is blind but at the same time all the gear towards osiris speaks to seeing things more clearly But then again, it also talks about how, you know, I go into the darkness so I can see the light all the more clearly. It talks about how blindness is the true sight. Uh, In a sense, what's you think of, I can't remember what the exact quote is, but the equivalent is like a blind person having the rest of their sights become more attuned. Yeah. You know, uh, that's that's what I think. Blind people or blind blindness usually increases or augments the other senses and it's also there's also a mythological concept of you know not being limited by physical sight being a um a supernatural Mm. um supernatural increase yeah 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 yeah. third eye and sensory deprivation usually is supposed to kind of bring that out in you and also is it not off-putting to have a blind guy with an ipad does that yeah, bother I, anyone else? I think it. I think it's digitally. I think it's digital. A blind guy with an iPad <laughs> with an iPad. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'll leave. No, no, it you has go. braille. Okay, has braille. again, you're in the cone of spinfoil, by You can do no wrong. <laughs> um, how are we on time? Do we have time for my crazy theory? Oh, we're oh, not even. Sh- I, oh, I want to get into shader mythology. Can we do okay. shader oh mythology first? Yeah, we're going do long shader on this. Let's do it. Let's go. So, okay. So, fun fun fact about shaders. First off, there is the there is a connection here. Um, if you if you understand Osiris as being obviously Egyptian influence, um, there's a connection actually to the new monarchy. There's two new monarchy shaders, Cleopatra and Nefertiti, AK. Which, by the way, if either any one out there knows what the AK at the end of those shaders means, please, for the love of all that is holy, let me know. I have been looking and I can't find anything. Like, it's been driving myself, and I know Unisys is also, it's driving us up a wall. I found something on that. What did you find? It's not, it's not concrete and it's not, it doesn't tie to much, but alpha kilo first, and then kilo means thousand. So, do with that what you will. I don't. I don't know. And we also we also have the AK forty seven, which is like or Alaska. I mean, it's like what? Uh, but the there's another connection to New Monarchy as well, and that's in the Lighthouse Grimoire card. And the it is through that Grimoire card that we actually learn that it is uh, New Monarchy uh, agents that are actually responsible for the discovery of the lighthouse because the new monarchy is a report on the Chlora spines to executor Hideo. And the basically if I, you know, let's read it real quick. It says executor Hideo. There was no one there. When we arrived, we approached peacefully and kept our weapons holstered. The sights we saw executor Mercury is a beautiful place and forbidding. On descent, we mapped sprawling patterns of vexed light, an entire metropolis of unknown purpose. The spire strobe with lightning. A mist of burnt rock or some other effluvia blows across landscape cut into circuits the size of cities. 
There is an atmosphere, as is all post-traveler records, that Vex have not deposed, disposed of it. From the surface, the sun is too large and too dim. Perhaps it is the influence of the Vex constructs distorting the image. Perhaps Mercury is in many places at once. We stood for some time staring into the solar fire. I hold, my respon- I hold myself responsible for the delay. The site we were invited to is clearly a cult of Osiris camp. We found stores of glimmer, equipment, and books. A grounded ship of conventional design rests unguarded. The architecture is clearly self-evidently vex, but it has been ornamented extensively with fabrics and ritual objects of unknown provenance. I became convinced during the inspection that we were being watched. We ordered our ghosts to stay close. One of, our, one of my fire teams suggested we search for connections to the trinary star cultist, but if they exist, we couldn't see them. We inspected the carving and trinkets left by the Osiris cultist. All of us began to depart from ordinary experience. My exo-teammate described the sense that she was buried beneath an enormous operating mass, locked up in a tiny crevice at the bottom of a labyrinth or mechanism. My awoken teammate felt an ongoing sense of deja vu. Her actions were being precessed by an infinite echo, an anticipation of all her choices. She became volatile and erratic. She insisted that we were surrounded. I remember a low ringing sound and a sense of numb filth, like gravel rubbed into a wound. I experienced a sense of imminence, as if I were bleeding into the world around me. It was uncomfortable uncomfortable, and profoundly alienating. I perceived all my actions as determined and inevitable. My ghost commented that the traveler had made something of this world, and then Vex had eaten that something. We gathered the treasure, tr- treasure left for us and departed as quickly as we could. This concludes my report. May it bring some ad- advantage to our cause. So, a couple things. Um, first off, if the Vex are eating things, they're devourers, which connects to the um, Trials of oh, Osiris boy. mythology, right? Mm-hmm. Um, then there's the concept of the, I mean, obviously the trinary star, we actually have that now in the grimoire, which I think up until now, this was, this was released in house of wolves with the trials, obviously, mm-hmm. um, up until this Prior point to that, the only real, the reference was in the trinary star cult cloak. Right. Okay. Correct. And, um, and then no, wasn't, was there another reference I mean, in the, the darkness card uh yes no you're correct you're correct it was some heretical her- views yeah, that heretical it mentions views. but they didn't they didn't call them out except for on the cloak um so there's, i mean the other one is like a blue hunter artifact which is a trinary cult star and it's actually a twig star that's almost it almost looks pagan in origin oh yeah, yeah yeah so i'll see if i can bring that up but continue um and then there's the the sense of um, ordinary experience. Like, I mean, again, going back to the mythology here, if you look at the lighthouse as the flame island of only the worthy are being invited, um, I almost want to say that these people were not invited, and so they were unworthy of being on the flame island for purification, and the devourer was beginning to enact on them. But 
it's just it's there's I mean oh gosh there's so much in here so you know, perhaps Mercury is in many places at once you know you have a multiverse now, conflux. Which one did you read, Bife? Was it the uh, was it the cloak or was it the actual? Uh, um, there's it's the, was artifact it the artifact I was referring to, uh, but the cloak has a quote to the mark of the trinity yeah. star, the hidden cult that cursed the traveler's light, and the other one is. One the artifact states, we were fools to trust this god machine, this bringer of death and darkness. Those are both very interesting. Um, you know, these. this seems like a group of guardians that actually wants absolutely nothing to do with the Traveler whatsoever. Um, and this is the first time I've actually had it come up to me, so I'm going to dig into it a little bit more. No, I mean, dig, think dig, about dig. though, by the strictest of definitions, they're right. Right. I mean, I mean it, it indeed, it literally is a bringer of death and darkness. It follows it everywhere yeah. it goes. Indeed. So I mean, but I mean, light casts yeah. shadows, so it's a perspective thing, then, surely, right? Mm. Yeah, yeah. You could mm-hmm. say that. Yeah, it is. I mean, touche, life, touche. There's so many different like little theories on the traveler and the darkness and the light and everything. That's it's hard to it's hard to put anything down, right? Right. Well, okay. So, anyways, my my point for bringing this whole card in, oh, you had a point, was <laughs> the connection <laughs> to the new monarchy, which is so. This will be like the third connection between Osiris and the new monarchy, which you know, Osiris was a pharaoh. He was a king in ancient Egypt. The new monarchy shaders are Cleopatra and Nefertiti, which were both uh, well, Cleopatra obviously, and then Nefertiti was actually the wife of. I just blinked on his name because it's like fifteen syllables. Um, but they were both. Ramses extreme. the third. I want to was say was that Nefertiti or was I want to let me look this up. Let me look this okay. up. They I want to say it's Shimalakaleka. Oh god, they were both like extremely powerful figures in the Egyptian, um, in Egyptian history. Um, and so, and so was Osiris in a con in a, in a different sense. Uh, the other two shaders from the new monarchy are both, um, mythological characters and I don't have their name on me right now. Well, I do want to point out, I thought Nefertiti was supposed to be a, uh, goddess of love as far as Egyptian lore went. No, Am Nefertiti I wrong there? Was, yes. Nefertiti was actually, uh, yes. a Akhenaten. Ak- yeah. The, yeah. Akhenaten. The yeah, better freak lore. The other two shaders were Al Alama, Amalthea and Themisto, which were two feet well, the other thing in New Monarchy shaders, just real quick, all shader names are female figures of immense power. Uh two are which from mythology, which are Almathea and Themisto, and then Cleopatra and Nefertiti were both actual women. Uh, they those two were from Egypt. The Almathea and Themisto were Greek mythology, and I want to say they were affiliated with the Titans. Actually, not with the Olympians. I cannot remember. Sounds that. like it, dude. I go for it. I'll look all this up. Um, <laughs> oh my but god! Any, but anyways, so that I mean, so the connection there is that the fact that. The Lighthouse Grimoire card is a report to Executor Hideo. You have two Egyptian shaders, and then also the fact that Osiris was a king, and the new monarchy oh, yeah. are looking for what? A king. Mm. Like, so, so, yeah. Amalthea, so, by the way, uh, foster mother of Zeus in Greek mythology. Right. Okay. So that's, again, you're, um, you're totally correct. I shouldn't 
go for it. Go for it. Sorry. <laughs> no, <laughs> well, you, I was running off my on the top of my head because I was doing research on New Monarchy for that stupid AK thing, and I was like, I I had a theory that it was a uh, hex code for colors when you combined it with the Future War Cult shaders, but that didn't work. Um, yes, pins just put that up by the new monarchy is the seventh tenant is to by vote of the consensus, abolish the consensus and transfer ultimate power in order that the rights and liberties of all citizens be secured to a single sovereign of an unimpeachable character, which again, if you look at Cyrus from mythology, that's exactly what he was. He was a character. He was an unimpeachable He was a individual with unimpeachable character because he was the judge of all that was worthy to enter into paradise to be with raw for eternity but i digress so, so, to, so to clarify he is, he is oh, our no. kel of kells confirmed oh yeah osiris is the guardian of the guardians oh yeah yeah like, i was gonna say to clarify we think from this from this connection that uh New Monarchy was on Mercury looking for Osiris to bring him home so he could be I don't the know, Supreme I don't leader. know as to the reason why they were on Mercury, but they were the they were the fire team that discovered the lighthouse. I actually have a really cool uh connection real quick between Amalthea. Um Amalthea's skin or that of her goat taken by Zeus in in honor of her when she died became the protective Aegis. Yeah, in some traditions, that is crazy to me. It's the uh, Jason and the Argonauts, I believe. Yeah, the yes, ages. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the shaders from the Trials of Osiris. There are three shaders that I was able to find. There are a Ruse Passage, Abydos's Com, Abydos Common, and Amduit Inc. Amduit Inc. is a really long one, so I'm going to leave that one to last. A ruse passage is a actual nod to the Egyptian paradise over which Osiris rules after displacing Anubis, which was ha- which happened in the Ogdoab tradition, and actually that was part of his process in taking place taking his place within the Egyptian pantheon. Aru is basically Egypt's equivalent to the Ephesian fields. And that is the final destination place for all souls which pass through the trials of Osiris and are found worthy. Abydos is one of, and so there, this, this one's kind of a combination of both mythological and actual historical fact. Abydos is actually one of the oldest cities in ancient Egypt, and it's also the cult center of Osiris and Isis, which was, and it was, there was a tradition that held that the early dynastic early dynastic cemetery in Abydos was the actual burial burial place of Osiris. Um, historically, the tomb of Dejir was actually reinterpreted as that of the tomb of Osiris. And o- Abydos was actually viewed as, in the ancient world, as the equivalent of what a lot of, you know, modern-day Christians would view Jerusalem. It was the, it was the source of many pilgrimages, for individuals and it was actually very vital to their belief that you know if they could at one point in their life they would like to travel to abydos at least once and then we come to the really fun one the amduit inc um and by if i'm actually kind of curious if you know the answer to one of my questions is what is the drop rate for amduit inc in game do we i mean the drop rate for all of the shaders is very low but amduit inc is the one that i got last i got aru's passage first then uh then abydos common and then 
how I did ink. And I know there's people who've got it in different orders. So well, take that to mean nothing. No, and, and the reason why, and, I, and I'm going to, the reason why is, okay, so Amduit, or Amduat, I guess is, I don't know how you pronounce that, but it literally translates into that which is in the afterworld. Which then you can, which is then also translated into text of the hidden chamber, which is in the underworld, or book of what is in the underworld. Basically, what there is a practice in ancient Egypt in which when you were mummified and buried, you were given what was called a funerary text. And this was usually reserved for the deceased to be a guide to the underworld. And in a sense, it was kind of akin to the Greeks giving you the two coins on the eyes to pay to cross the river Styx. This is actually um, the Anduit, however, was an ancient Egyptian funerary text of the New Kingdom, which was reserved, unlike most of the funerary texts, and it was reserved only for pharaohs and very favored nobility. Now, in the Anduit, they speak of the story of Ra, which is the Egyptian sun god, from the time when the sun sets in the west and rises again in the east. And it shows in the book that the deceased is taking that same journey, ultimately to become one with Ra and live forever. It also enumerates and names all the inhabitants of the Duat, which is both good and bad. So this is the spirit world, the netherverse. And it illustrates the topography of the entirety of the underworld. So... You know that person that's mapping out the netherverse and the ascendant realm? This is actually kind of something that he would be. It's it's actually a, a map of the underworld. And so the reason the reason I was asking about the, the drop rate here is because the Amduat was actually reserved for pharaohs. It it wasn't even you had to be in the top pharaohs and the top nobility. Echelon. Right, right. Favorite nobility. Yeah. I mean these are like Yes. Well, I mean, but the point the point being is like even though you're worthy, you had to be you had to be in the top 1% of the top 1% yeah. of the top 1. I mean, like this is like you did not just get given this. So that's why I was asking. I'd be I'd be curious to see what the logarithm was for this particular shader if it actually is like severely less than the other shaders. I think that would be kind of a interesting. I don't have access to that information. But dude, it make it makes some sense, right? Go back to that theory um with where basically you have set in this whole story of Osiris being murdered. If both Osiris and Toland are mapping out the underworld, because we like that's the likely thing that Osiris is doing, and with Toland it goes on and says, you know, I'm exploring the pa- passageways within the netherworld. I'm going to see if I can pull that one up. Actually, isn't that well? I know. That? Well, I mean, here's the here's the other point I was going to, you know, in response to that. Toland's mapping out the Hive Ascendant Realm. Osiris seems to be mapping out the Vex Network. Hmm. And so, you know, we're getting two major players who are mapping out different aspects of the, you know, what we call the netherverse, which is the the reality outside of the physical realm. And I I mean, I don't I don't know if Osiris is necessarily just restricting his research to the to the Vex, but it could be, you know, you know, we always banter back and forth. Maybe they are still working in tandem. Maybe they're working yeah, because to map out the entire time runs reality. through everything, right? And you know, Crota opened the slit, and the Vex came in. We know that that world can spill into the other. Oh, but that opens a whole bunch of Netherverse spin foils so much. <laughs> oh my god! Well, I mean, we're talking about the Vex here. When you're talking about the Vex, you're looking at a race that will make 227 
maybe even more simulations of you to try to figure out how to defeat you. Mm-hmm. And somehow you can make those simulations useful and send them into their network. So, well, I mean, you know, as any, a nod, anytime you bring the Vex in, there's there's time travel, there's yes. multiverse. Well, <sighs> the, the other thing is, is nodding to the Vex simulation theory, too. So, like, let's say Osiris is incorrect and they are able to simulate us and we're all playing a giant, you know, Matrix game, right? Osiris might have actually punk, and we we pointed this out too. Is you know Osiris? Okay, so he didn't disprove it, but he actually managed to escape it. So he is actually you know able to de disconnect from the network, and that could be how he is ascending, and he knows all this stuff. I think is the yeah. the theory that we have. So he he is Neo. He's the one. Yeah, he because is, he's the chosen one. <laughs> Reality is just a set of programs executing laws. Oh God! Said Doctor Shim. Uh, you know, <laughs> he, he dude, also had a few other fun things too. Yeah, dude. Mm-hmm. I was about to say, Shim is one of my most favorite from the Ishtar Collective. God damn. Like, uh, like, well, think about it. You know, when you've been playing since day one or even beta, um, you wouldn't, but it would be day one because, you know, you don't get to visit Venus at all. But when you've dedicated you your hear- life to searching through Arcana, you have the will to educate others. <laughs> Sorry, I had to. Sorry, really go for it. Oh, no, it's all right. I'm just saying, like, you know, you hear this quote. From the computer in there, uh, from one of the missions, I can't remember which one it is off the top of my head, but uh, the ghost, your ghost specifically, I find interesting, gets you in, and then the computer says, welcome, Dr. Shim. Mm -hmm. Dr. Shim, never mind that. You know, don't worry about that. Are we Shim? Yeah, because I know that was that theory is a pretty good one too. It's out there, but dude. I've heard that my, one. My my argument against that is that Shim. So as a and person I love who, expletives, <laughs> right? Well, as a person who plays an Awoken character, that's not that's not possible because the Awoken didn't exist at the time of the of Shim or a female character. Well, we don't. We do. We actually know that Shim was. I think they refer to yeah, him as he. Shim, Shim okay. does yeah. it mean? Oh yeah, no, no, no. I think it does actually. Yeah, I think I, Shim I, is just, portrayed as a male. I'm yeah, pretty sure. I, I'm just, I'm um, curious if it actually calls it out as. But, I mean, as an awoken or even as an exo, well, exos you could probably argue were around at the time, but awoken weren't. But if your ghost is able to choose what you come back as, you know, you can also argue that too. Um, I know there was a, there was a short conversation that we also had while we're on the topic of Mercury or while we were talking about the lighthouse, at least the connection to Sunbreakers was a topic that we did discuss in the original podcast as well. Um, and basically the connection, you know, we talked about this in the Titan episode and, and pretty much every time the sunbreakers come up, um, they the deal between them and the vanguard. Uh, Osiris was the broker of that. Uh, there was the idea that Saint Fourteen was actually possibly sent to stop Osiris from raising a sunbreaker army, 
or that we came up with the idea that maybe Osiris is creating his own city with his own guardians because we have, you know, the hunters doing their own thing. And then we, we know warlocks because of brother Vance and, you know, the fire teams of warlocks that don't blink and don't have any shadow. Um, but also he has the sunbreakers now, which are the Titans. So he actually has access to all three classes. So the possibility is, is that that hell that he is raising, um, it could be that he is forming his own city outside of the city, outside of the traveler. See, I always looked at that as, um, what is he doing with the Vex for that card? Um, especially when you look at the fact that it's Saint-14 saying that old man's about to wake up hell. Yeah, and I know um, there's, there's a couple different ways he, to read it, too. Like, I don't get me don't. wrong, I love Saint-14. I really do. He, you know, you guys know I'm a Titan enthusiast. Um, that's my main, even though I have done all three extra subclass missions. I'm going to throw that out oh there. Blue. God. Oh my god. I'm going to never live this down, am I? Okay, no, I'm because done. next time we get the opportunity I'm going to sit through and I'm going to play that mission with you and I'm going to watch you become a storm caller. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to watch you run around the map no, gleefully get... electrocuting freaking everything. You got to do that solo, I believe. But, um, well, that's okay. But we can he's, on, he's on Blue, the how the hell have you not done that yet, man? I don't have like, time. I play like once a week. <laughs> you can back off. Okay, and well, one time this, this week one I got... Place, I to... It's a whole yeah, subclass. Oh, <laughs> Take ten minutes to open that subclass God. because it is fun. Once again, I'm a Titan enthusiast, but Stormcaller is such a fun class, dude. You're a freaking Sith Lord. You just get mowing them down. All the dudes. It's not even fair. <laughs> you can be like, oh, you're a major with all the health in the world. I don't care. I've got lightning fingers, bro. <laughs> oh, I see you sent an army my way. As long as I can reach one of them, I can reach all of them. Goodbye, all Warlocks of them. Warlocks are OP, God. confirmed. Thank you. Seriously, oh, man. Oh, really, Blue, you need to, you need yeah, to get some yeah, storm yeah. call in your life. Pins, pins made the point. We'll, we'll try to stream it next week. Oh. oh my gosh! <laughs> God. So Never where does that put us? Um, so let's see. We covered most of what we covered actually in the original podcast. Um, I do have. We did talk about guardians being immortal. Um, the, the just a really quick conversation on that. Uh, basically, guardians aren't capable of dying of old age. Uh, it actually requires an external. It requires external action upon them to end their existence because otherwise the ghost can just rematerialize them to their prime state. So a guardian with a ghost isn't able to starve or die of dehydration or drown or anything like that. Um, which, you know, we have the Thantonauts also. Who did are- we did we confirm that? Because, I mean, yes. okay, Colin's outside- pretty damn old. Okay. So- no, 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 no. Willie, Willie makes a good point here, right? Because there's this point at which the Vex have kept Praedith alive in the Vault of Glass forever. Mm-hmm. And it, it seems to me like he dies completely of deprivation. Right. But right? He, OK, so like, he can he can die. Right. But he he, he can't. We're, we're immortal. And but the in the sense, dude, 
Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Well, Praetor loses his ghost. Right, but, but if Praetor, but you are also dealing with a Vex on that one. They can fold time. So they can kill him and then fold time to bring him back. The remains oh. you see of Praetith are just like the remains that your ghost finds at the beginning of Vanilla Destiny. They don't bring you back so much as they reconstruct you, yeah. you from the information available to them. Right. Does that make and, sense? Well, my, my point is you look at Osiris, you know, once again, and I know we visited this, but we're going to revisit it now. Saint 14 refers to him as an old man. Listen to him talk. We have one mission um, I think we were discussing earlier where we actually get to hear Osiris speak, which is mm-hmm. huge for everybody. Shrine of Orcs. Um, yeah, Shrine of Orcs, that's right. And um, we have a couple where we actually get to hear Tolan speak. Right. Um, one of which the ghost says that he doesn't sound like he's much fun at parties, but I tend to disagree. I would totally party with Tolan anytime, any day. <laughs> he does Tolan, have he, if he does, we do know that he likes listening to death metal. Yeah, I'm just saying, Tolan, if, if you're out there, bro, I will buy you a beer. We will hang out. We will party. Well, I mean, if um, Omar Agar is right, I don't think he wants to party with us and our beer. <laughs> After all, the hive have a hell of a recipe for beer. <laughs> right. Oh, no, no. Okay. Poor, so, poor but this this thing. goes back. This goes back oh my to my God. my constant reference to guardians as space liches, because they have the ghost. Okay, <laughs> if you have ever played D anD D or know anything about fantasy, like the actual deep fantasy, a lich is a character of immense power that's immortal because they've literally taken their mortality and put it into a device called a phylactery. And they store their mortality kind of like an oversoul. They store it outside of themselves. So you can't, you literally, you can destroy their body, but you can't kill them. They just keep coming back, which is exactly what guardians are. I mean, the cabal have a freaking tactical report about the dead person trying to figure out what the hell they're supposed to do with it. Because every time they kill us, they called an orbital strike and the guy just kind of got back up and started dancing on them. You know, in, in which is hilarious. We I absolutely <laughs> I love, love that. that I love that God <laughs> but so much. It, it was like you can just you can hear the frustration from this cabal. He's like, "What the? Why? <laughs> Why are you not dead?" He makes a mention of the uh, trick sparrows as well. Yeah, the, oh yeah, the, the and uh, yeah, that's that's an awesome reference in the card. That that kind of that's another thing. Bungie breaking the fourth wall a little bit. I feel like oh, because but, I mean, and so it's uh, what, what I mean. What I what it, well, and the point of that is is like when I when I call a guard like a lot of people call guardians zombies and that's actually I disagree we're not zombies we're actually liches um, we are undead but it's the wrong variant of undead um, but I I almost there it's it seems like there's a complex relationship between a ghost and a guardian we we've actually brought this up in chat this week too is you know what does a ghost is a ghost beholden to do everything a guardian requests you know if a guardian says don't bring me back and kills himself or herself well in a certain sense they are sort of given one instruction right back in right. the dreadgun your three uh, thorn three card it mm-hmm. says you know uh, i rekindled your light as a result, it falls first to me to aid in its survival. Right. right. So that is their entire purpose to keep the light alive. Which, and that's why, yeah. you know, yeah. That, so in some sense, you're right. It is. Yeah. It is to keep them coming back. It is cause their resurrection. They're not automatons. The ghosts. I mean, you in that same storyline, Dregdenior. 
I think the ghost says you cannot have the child like yeah, he fights him. Yeah. And I mean, it's, 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 a, di- it's a different I mean, ghost, but it is still a correct. Like it's still very much a point that you can make. Yeah, correct. And so my point is, is OK. So as far as Toland and Osiris and and uh, Yagi and Holborn, all these other guardians that we know are referred to as being old. There, there's there's a couple points. There's the first point is, are you talking physical age or are you just talking about this guy's been around around for a long freaking time and so he's quote unquote old is the sense of you know he's just been around or she's been around or if you're talking physical age i mean why why is it that you can't have a guardian who says you know i don't want to be in the prime of my life right now i want to experience the aging And, you know, for a warlock, you know, it might just be something of a matter of pride that, you know, I want to look like I want to look like Merlin. I want to look like Gandalf, you know, not that they would know these figures, but, you know, that that sense of that the elder, the older look is more wise. I don't know. I have I have a very complex theory well, about it, ghosts. Perhaps it's also a humility thing. You know, right. it's it's abandoning vanity saying I will age right. as I will. I don't care. Yeah. And I mean, the thing is, is like, even though they're quote unquote older guardians, I still think they could probably kick most people's asses. You know, they're not, they're not in, they're not invalids. They're just, and you know, I I don't know. There's a whole mythology of the guardians in relations to the ghosts and their aging process that we have no, we have no definitive proof. And I have a whole theory about that as well, but we kind of touched on that. Uh, let's see. What else did we touch on? I have, uh, the nine, we know that Osiris, um, you know, we, we kind of talked about Osiris as being potentially, you know, the founder of the nine or the idea that the guardians are actually part of the nine. Um, because we know that Osiris, there's the Vance quote about, Osiris stood before the nine on the the frozen plains of Europa, I think, but it was not the right time, I think is the, I'm going off the top of my head on that quote. But, and then there's also the quote from Vance about how Osiris says that the nine are weak, are weaker every moment they touch our world, which kind of gives us the idea that the nine do not exist inside the physical realm. They're, they're outside of, the realm they're in a they're in the netherverse or the ascendant realm um i think that was pretty much the all of this of just passes way over my head yeah. i haven't actually listened to every single one of oh, no. well, so some of you these have are no idea, I'm just like <laughs> yeah, this is, i'm just so, sitting here thinking to myself like oh my god <laughs> and then like, there's the original nah. story conversation you know the the supposed leak that you know we will preface that with you know we don't have any proof that this was the original story but this is the supposed original story it does explain a lot of the connections in the story um you know especially between osiris and the stranger take it for what you will um so <laughs> that was that was another point that we did talk on i think that was actually that we actually managed to touch on everything that we had in the original podcast. That's amazing. We also are at two and a half hours. Are we sure we got everything? Did we we get the pay in person? 
No, uh, no. We didn't get no. manichaeism. <laughs> Do you want to talk about manichaeism? All right, I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. I think going to be mannequins. Oh, I think sorry. we should go with Justin's theory first. All right, let's, Justin, stuff, Justin, let's hear your Justin, theory. Hit us with your spitfoil. Spinfoil. Come on, spitfoil. Okay. That's a new one. This is the 5.6. Um, five point, oh, God. It, it's not that bad. It's it's not. So, not as bad as 5.8, but 5.6. No. Yeah. Oh, it, did it drop? It was yeah, 5. It dropped. Yeah, it dropped by 0.2. <laughs> it became less crazy. Cool. Well, it's it's all relative, by it's, it's. So. I find it very odd that uh, Saint Fourteen is such a revered uh, figure in the you know in the halls of the vanguard and to the speaker, and uh, we know in that legend Saint Fourteen card where he's fighting the devil kill. Right after he finishes, he calls the speaker, and he's expecting to go home and actually get to rest for a little bit, get some R and R. And the speaker says, "No, I need you to go to the Caloris Basin." And uh, he says, no, not this time. I have word What's that Osiris it? was seen on Mercury, the Caloris yeah, Basin. He's turned his mind interrupt. back to the Vex. Not to interrupt, but the speaker doesn't order him to go there at all. He's concerned about it. And St. 14 says, something is concerning you to the fallen march on the city. So St. 14 goes sort of of his own volition. Well, and right. but, but the, the speaker, speaker knew what he was doing. Well, yeah. the speaker reminds him of his duty. He says, your duty, my son, you must never forget. Because there's this whole tone from St. 14 that he doesn't want to do anything but go home and rest. And then he because says... he just headbutted something. Yeah. <laughs> it's nap time. He headbutted <laughs> nap time. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I think, I think you, you are correct. What do you want from the guy? <laughs> I think you are correct. You just headbutted a hell to death after nearly dying. With, with one headbutt, he's just, bam! That's it. You Which, know, by the way, where... life, sound, sound effects. Oh, yeah. God, what I wish that? I could actually play that oh, right now. Oh, my God. Like sound effect primed. How did you make However that? you do those videos, man, those, that's amazing. We need tips from you immediately. <laughs> uh, the answer is a lot of time and way too much time looking through the sounds of both head skulls cracking, and I can't remember what kind of gun it was that I can unbind it with. Oh. Uh. Uh. Foley and um, awesome. how do we make our voices sound like a sultry tiger? How do we do that? Uh, voice editing. And <laughs> some other stuff. I don't know. <laughs> I, use, I, I use audacity. And, it it helps to be a tiger. <laughs> uh, that's but not it, audacity, the word, by the way. There's actually a program I record on I called love, audacity. I love audacity. Yeah. I, I'm, I was I'm not just going to be a audacious all the time. Bitch, <laughs> so um all right anyways moving on so that's you know we're not we're not too far into spinful territory um the the speaker calls saint 14 says osiris is on mercury stirring up trouble and then uh just kind of reminds him of his duty i think the 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 comment about your duty you must never forget is almost like you recommend this guy to me so he's causing problems. It's your duty to fix it. Just like a ghost but, is responsible for your light, you're responsible yeah. for him. So the the kind of crazy spinful part of this theory and the facts really abandoned me at this point because there's not much left for facts. Saint fourteen leaves presumably from the site where he headbutted the kill and goes to Mercury. Never heard from again. Never mentioned again. Never canonized, never, you know, there's no more, 
great, you know, memorial to his exploits after that point. He just disappears. And the speaker doesn't so much as even say he was a great guardian and, you know, we should honor him and his loss. And No, nothing. I have the theory that St. 14 found Osiris on Mercury and had every intention of stopping him and bringing him back. But that Osiris showed St. 14 something that changed his whole outlook. And I think it had a lot to do with the Deep Stone Crypt. Mm-hmm. Oh, this one. Yeah. I think Osiris. We've went into this before. Helped. Well, we no, went, yeah, okay, no, no, no. Hang on. We went into this on this episode, which yeah, on this for the episode, record, this this legitimate thing here. Let's no, just no, go no. Ahead and, and, well, the is. reason, the reason, I'm, I'm just, I'm just putting the reason that we're reacting the way we're, we've already heard it. Well, we've heard most of it, but most people haven't heard this because this was the episode that we never got to be able to publish. So this is that's where that reaction was coming from. So. Justin, uh, I'm pretty sure we talked about it in chat. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Before Justin says anything further, there is some serious parallels that can be drawn between Abydos, or sorry, isn't it um, Aru? Or mm-hmm. yes, the Egyptian afterlife, which mm-hmm. to them is a field of reeds, to the mm-hmm. Greeks is a field of wheat, to the Exo, field, field of, of millet. millet. <laughs> Golden millet is God. literally how it's listed. So, Love. Justin, on that bombshell, continue. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so I seriously think that uh that Osiris because we know that Saint 14 has been wiped 14 times. He's had his memory erased and he'd been rebooted 14 times. 13. I had this <laughs> uh, no. Oh, cuz it's it's Saint 1 and then it goes it's every reset. 13. Okay, okay, I got you. Yeah, yeah. So 13 times. So I think that Osiris revealed to Saint things about his 13 wipes that cast the speaker in a, in a completely different light. Um, and that converted him. And I, I, I just have this feeling that Saint 14 is now Osiris's chief acolyte. Like he's his, he is to Osiris what he was to the speaker now. And that's why I had the crazy theory that, Saint fourteen is actually the one at the meeting with Eris Morn and the Queen. There it goes. You mean, you mean That's Saint what I'm 15? talking about. Yes, yeah, Saint fifteen. <laughs> well, and we, I know we did talk. I, I actually do just remember we did talk about the. I think and. Well, I have not been to the lighthouse, so I can't speak to this a hundred percent. But there is a skeleton, and then there is a vex frame. And I think we gave there's multiple right. there's multiple vex frames. There is a skeleton yeah. there. There's also the Here parts of destroyed well. auto rifles, hmm. right? And it's and all in it's all in this little secret hidden area underneath the lighthouse. Almost like someone was experimenting with combining the two. Like, what would happen if you took an exo and plugged it into a vex? Except or, the exo isn't a skeleton. It's well, very yeah, much yeah, a yeah, human but I mean, skeleton. But okay, but taking the idea of an exo. And doing Even that a human, with a vex, you know. right? Using because we know that the exos are human brains or human minds copied into a robotic shell. And one of the theories for the exos is that that's in order to travel the vex network because the human mind can't handle that. What if that's the exact experiment that's going on there? He's trying to or, recreate his own exos. Or how about this? There's rumors that Osiris is a 
a failed golden age experiment? Mm -hmm. What if he's trying to recreate his origins? Right. Oh, man. So, you know, I think we talked Uh, about that uh, being the concordat just being politically slandering. I don't know because they don't say – they don't wag their finger and say, oh, he's this, he's that. They say we've got You've got to look at the fact that Lysander and the concordat. They they were actually looked as one of the more prestigious. I mean, they were there before Future War Cult. Future War Cult took their place among the consensus. They also like curb stomping people. So yeah, <laughs> yeah but <laughs> they curb stomped, but they're classy curb stompers. Yes, yeah, yeah. They yeah, they put their yeah. pinky out before they did it, okay? So I mean, you know, the, let's not the, sling mud here, all right? The, the image that is in my head is from American History X. Yeah, and they wore a top hat while they did it. That's right, <laughs> and a oh, monocle, God. like a sir. That's how they rolled. So, anyways, that one might actually be needed to be bumped up to a seven because there's just not a lot of facts <laughs> around it. Well, it's I mean, as far feeling. as I'm one of those people, I watch a lot of movies, you know, uh, I read a lot of books uh, that tell me that if someone isn't confirmed dead, they're probably not dead. And we have Saint-14 is definitely not confirmed dead. We don't know what happened with him. Um, Like you pointed out, Justin, last place we heard about him even going was Mercury to see Osiris. And... uh, we all know that we don't know very much about Mercury itself right now. We only have the lighthouse and the crucible map. Actually, we have two crucible maps now, don't mm-hmm. we? Um, that the the red jacks yeah, have Vertigo and been Burning so Shrine. kind to get for Vertigo forward. is more sort of it's, uh, it's cabal. Burning yeah. Shrine is my ish. I love Burning Shrine. <laughs> but um, oh, go ahead. But, uh, I was just gonna say. So I think we have we did discuss that. I know we did discuss it. Oh, we about, did. Saint fourteen most likely still being with Osiris. Um, it can't be confirmed or denied, but once again, if you're not confirmed dead, you're probably not dead. I mean, yeah. Hell, since we when has this show been in the business of confirming things? Huh? huh <laughs> we confirm everything. <laughs> We're so solid. There was you confirmed uh, that was... Pen was a person. That's the start of it. Dude, Payne is beyond being a person at this point. Payne is a god. He's a social movement. He he is a meme as well. Like I've seen a few Payne memes, and I'm like, oh my god, Um, this is happening right now. There was Uh, one little bit of of logic that was left. I heard a quote about Payne once. Payne is a deep orbit warmind (laughs) who weathered the collapse in Harden's stealth platform. He's an ancient Leviathan intelligence from the season of Europa, or the hydrocarbon pits of time. (laughs) He arrived in a mysterious transmission from the direction of the Corona Borealis. (laughs) You set him off. (laughs) Oh, boy. Oh, my God. Pain is the nine confirmed right here. Bye bye. See, we do confirm things. We confirm. While we're at it. Now, this is it, Bife. You don't get to blame Holy crap, dude. Not anymore. On a scale of one to pain, that's an 11. (laughs) (laughs) That's pain, Ryan, a unicorn Chinese dragon. I see no good as a speaker. Oh, 
that, that is paying water skiing on the fundament getting pulled by Aaron Zoll. With, with Kabir being the, uh, the representative for the Vex. Uh, see, see what you did? Peace see what, resolution. You enabled them. Now, this is how you get ants. <laughs> oh, God. Um, so, no, they're actually – I had a salient point left, which is actually amazing. But on the whole Osiris St. 14 thing at the end uh, – Another thing that kind of makes me feel there's something a little fishy going on with Saint-14 and Osiris is uh, if Saint-14 was your greatest hero and he ran off into the sunset and never came back and you presumed him dead, wouldn't you try to martyrize him or like well, we have the use vigil. him as a symbol? We have to, the vigil. I, 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 hate to, I hate to bring this up because immediately the minute I say this, we step on very sort of dodgy territory. But the pen to Saint-14, I'm not kidding, this is relevant. Pains to Saint-14 were written. And that mm-hmm. means, you know, it was honored by the people of the city. Don't oh, okay. go there, Willie. Just let it happen. <laughs> Just... Yeah, so I was... It, he, he is honored. He is honored. But you're correct that he could have not been honored by the tower, so to speak. Yeah, I, well, I always views those, viewed those as being uh, kind of uh, about his exploits before this. But yeah, you are correct. Those could very well be about... In memoriam, I guess. Well, and we know we know that there was a vigil, right? We we know that the vigil to Saint Fourteen because <clears throat> the uh, uh, cloak of the Sky Pillar uh, speaks of the hunters enacting a bloody call to allow the city to have the vigil. And then, I mean, there's also you know to kind of steer this back to Osiris. Uh, I think it was Unisys in the chat brings up the connection. That another reason why I connect Osiris to everything is we have a degree of connection um, to even Kabir in the Vault of Glass from the Osiris card, right? We Because he encourages them to chase after the legendary Vault of Glass. There's the nod to Toland in the study of the darkness. So, I mean, Osiris, you know, to kind of you know, kind of start moving that boat back onto the, the path there. Osiris, <laughs> trying to trying to steer it. Uh, Osiris does have connections to everything in the sense that you, you kind of, we kind of said it earlier is the degrees of Osiris bacon, you know, here is, you know, what degree does he have connection to, um, you know, he has a connection in Eris because he was the one that encouraged, in a way, Toland to take his own steps into the, the madness of the hive research. He has the connections to St. 14, which is what we're talking about with, you know, the whole what happened with St. 14. Uh, Kabir and his team, he, he encouraged guardians to step away from the egocentric, from the allocentric paradigm that the traveler and the speaker encouraged, you know, they, they wanted the guardians to protect the city, to keep the city vibrant and protected. And Osiris, the, the greatest crime that Osiris had was he shifted that view from the other to the self. He made the guardians egocentric instead of allocentric which is also why the ahamkara got hunted down you know there's this entire sense that the traveler really 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 does not like the self above the other it's the other above the self and that's and i want to go for it go for it i want to point out real quick blue um 
Eris actually sends an undisclosed report. I know we mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. but I'm going to bring that up again. That's another link he has to Eris. Mm-hmm. And well, another well, reason yeah, I think yeah. that he was the third guardian or the third party, I guess I should say. Um, Aldrin doesn't count. To hell with that guy. Um, <laughs> well, and that's about, the uh, road, yeah, to, road to King's Fall. Correct? Yeah, Is that the one you know, you're talking about? I'm talking about the card. You know, the infamous one where Eris meets the queen. And, well, I mean, they don't exactly point out that it's Eris or that it's Osiris. Well, I, but um, it's pretty clear. Yeah, and, you know, it, for Eris especially. I mean, it has no ghost. And for, then there's the line, I will do anything to Endorix, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, they definitely strongly hint uh, that it's Eris for sure. But the other one, they don't really give too much of. All you really get is really they have – yeah, he's really bright. Eris can't – and that's another thing though. Eris is the only one that couldn't look at him. Eris also – I mean she has darkness dripping from her freaking eyeballs all the time. Like she – despite her being an ally, at least for now, she still has a lot of darkness in her with uh, you know having those eyes that she stole from the hive so long ago. So – I mean, I, I'm one of those people. I'm like, keep an eye on that one because uh, I don't trust what she's doing. Well, and, you know, just a quick nod to the road to Kingsfall there. That's also where we learned that the orb actually speaks to Eris. That little. What, her rock? Her, her rock, the little orb, you know, get your rock um, from the map. That thing actually well, it's, talks yeah, to about to say, awesome. You learn it in was, that cutscene, you know? It has it fell silent on Crota's death. Oh yeah, that's right. Oh that's yeah, right. yeah. It hasn't spoken since Crota fell. Now oh. it speaks again because the Taken King has returned. That's and right. she talks about that too during the very first mission of TTK. You know, the whispers grow louder, but I will endure. So, I mean, she had all this quiet yeah. between the it's time that we a, killed it's Crota a, and it's now. It's a heavy burden having a piece of the worm with you, isn't it? Oh, God. Why'd you do that? <laughs> Don't uh, <laughs> Okay, so. <laughs> to avoid making this to a five-hour podcast. To me, those look podcast. like moldering shards. Um, <laughs> We're having this. We, we just had this argument in chat. Uh, yeah, we did. Yeah, Once again, it looks like a moldering shard inside that orb it, to me, personally. It's definitely um, not. It's definitely not what was... Yeah. Okay. We're just we we had a lot we had a lot of ideas thrown out there. It's I maintain fun. that it is thrall scat, but oh, that's God. just me. Oh no! <laughs> Why? Why? Damn it, Justin! <laughs> Justin, please! <laughs> oh my God, dude. This is where you ought to be when Payne comes back. No, I'm just oh, saying. No. <laughs> Actually, say that. What would Payne do? Better. He would not be talking about scat right now, Justin. <laughs> you got your mind. Holy hell. That's it. I've disgusted our guest, I think. <laughs> Done. <Yep. laughs> Mike <Mike-tries. laughs> Trice. Oh, my Lord. Oh, Please, man. no. <laughs> this is. It's not me. It's, it's not me. It's not me. It's not <laughs> what, what disgusts what disgusts me is that if we're talking about the same scat, that's not even a noun. That's a verb. How do you? How do you 
<laughs> How do you? Is that like a film? <laughs> no, no. Or something? Well, is um, it like a constant vision? Oh, no, no. <laughs> that's the term that uh, hunters and trackers use for animal uh, uh, droppings. droppings. <laughs> poop. I, I am. I am. Justin. Of a very, Justin very just brought poop jokes into Destiny. That's, like that's what just happened. Thrall jazz. <laughs> no, 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 no. Justin, come on, man. Are you enthralled? You can't do that. Are you enthralled? Oh, God. Just please don't look that up on Urban Dictionary. Oh, you'll understand. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Hashtag oh, thrall It really is. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Well, I think that's actually everything. I, I think we actually managed. We, we have not actually even broken three hours yet. Oh. Um. Did we cover everything, though? I, I think really we think we did. Yeah, no. It, did we'll we cover, cover the uh, the Warlock Bond from Vault of Glass? Uh, we didn't, like, call it, was it one, out. It was the one that was simply... But I just wanted to point out that oh, there yeah, is a Warlock it. Bond. It, it's a Osiris quote on the Warlock Bond in the Vault of Glass. It says, some say that... Uh, Osiris had become obsessed with the Vex, which once again nods it. They the kind of try to portray him on the boots, right? Was the it on the boots? I could have sworn it was the on the. Uh, I'm I'm looking it up right now. I swear to you, it is the uh, legs of the boots. My daughter's still on my phone, so I can see it, sir. Um, wait a sec. Wait, wait. You could be correct. I'm about to prove myself wrong potentially. No boots. Are I you talking it. about Hezen Lords? Yeah, Hazenlord. Yeah, Hazen it says rumor has it the exile Osiris came too close to understanding the Vex. That's the boots. <clears throat> okay, so life, life got me. Oh, once again, I, I made a mistake. Shocker, everybody. I'm I'm out uh, of the bubble now. I'm out of the bubble. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then like the rest, the rest of the Hazenlords talk about how you shouldn't touch living Vex. Kabir did not listen to them. He just drank. And isn't is there a Hezen um, subtype for yes, the Vex? Yes. I'm pretty protective. sure there is, right? Mm-hmm. The Hezen protective. Yeah. So they're actually so the I first mean, ones you encounter in the Vault of Glass, I think. Well, mm-hmm. it's it's different. There's the Hezen protective and the Hezen corrective. Oh, yes, uh, that's, that's correct. Right. Yeah. So it's it's like yeah, two different true. factions. One is aggressive, and the other is actively a defense force. We need to do one of these on the Vex themselves. Oh, we man. need to do that. It it's needs on to the happen. It's and on in, the pole. And enjoy all of the spin foils. Oh, yeah. Oh, that'd be great. <laughs> well, because there's Cause also of- the soul. The soul, which is actually called out in the... Uh, there's a connection there as well in... I think it's the eye of the soul. Isn't that yeah, it just, really just means sun, though. Right, right. So, you, right. Mean, you mean the sniper? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, the sniper from Trials, mm-hmm. I believe it is. And then the soul primeval, the soul progeny and all that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the sun took my sight, thus the sun became my eyes. Yeah. That's actually a really interesting concept, right? Because it goes... It makes me think of <sighs> Uriel. But hmm. that's because I'm obsessed was, with mythology. I was going to say it makes me think of Oryx, not because of the Taken thing as a reference to the Taken, but of the Taken thing of something conquered through the sword logic is oh yeah enveloped I mean, in I mean, the essence of something well, else uriel hmm. is the uh hebrew sun god who literally is the sun he watches he's the watcher hmm. 
and he is portrayed as the son that oversees everything. And so he literally sees because he is the son that watches over the planet. So that's a fun Dang fact. It, Blue. Hey, Dang hey, it. you know, I can go I can go thirty minutes on Uriel. Uriel is like all day long. But he was I could the, go thirty minutes on the loot crate this month too. Oh yeah. All right. So <laughs> speaking of loot crate, that actually is a good segue into a shout out. <clears throat> we uh, Yeah, good nice, nicely done. That was completely unintentional, I'm sure. But um, <laughs> <laughs> um so I know, did it on purpose. <laughs> I swear. We we recently we recently surpassed ten thousand downloads on Podbean, which was huge for us. And as a celebration, we gave away a loot crate. And I just wanted to give a shout out to Operation Manbag, who should be getting his loot crate shortly. Um, so congratulations for that. And you know, again, we said it last last episode, but thank you so much for way to go, Manbag. So. <laughs> <laughs> Did you really? <laughs> this is a law cost, man. Come on. <laughs> no, no, sorry. There's no place for air hordes. No, no. God damn it, man. Pull yourself together. <laughs> Just, you're supposed to be a scholar. <laughs> <laughs> just, it's just, just, it's just wrecking the podcast right now. I mean, first it's a scat, then it's this. Oh, usually, usually no, I'm all tuckered out by the time we start. This so is the danger of making oh, us podcast in the middle of the day. You get the full on crazy. Oh, you guys made man. me start drinking early, man. I'm due. <laughs> oh. Justin, what what shoutouts do you guys have? Yeah, actually, uh. Big big shout out to Bife for being an awesome guest host as always, and uh, also great shout out. And I just realized this week dealing with uh, one of our lore band admins how awesome they are, how much work they do uh, to make sure I don't have to. So I know I technically am one, but um, <laughs> big shout out to Libby, Libby Laura, uh, Blue. Help me out if I'm. Uh, you got it. Missing, any, missing anybody, but Bell, just everyone who helps out keeping that thing running smoothly, so everyone can have a great time discussing Alt and more. Thorned. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Alt Shiro and, and Thorn. Um, I really do appreciate you guys and all your hard work. And uh, gonna keep it short. Just uh, Dod Chatter White Crew and Operation Manbag for winning the loot crate. Great job, buddy. And moving right along. <laughs> I guess I'm next. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Okay. Oh, um, shit. That was on. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Damn it, Justin. There's no recovery um, from that one. So, shout out, Willie. I'm trying. Um, Shout out, of course, to Foxtrot, DODX1 Foxtrot. Um, guys, we've been through a lot. We keep going through a lot. We always persevere. Love you. Um, shout out to Bife. Mine's better than Justin's because America. Um, <laughs> Bife, absolutely love having you on here, man. It's, it's pretty amazing. It's pretty cool to have like four lore nerds just like it's, nerding it's, out on each other. 
Yeah, I it's, couldn't it's agree amazing. more, man. I really couldn't. I love and being you're, your voice makes me melt, though. Like, it's like, why can't this? <laughs> you are my own <laughs> It just got awkward. That's what happened. <laughs> like I said, you're my Morgan Freeman. I would rather have you reading all the things that Morgan Freeman reads. Um, um, really of course, shout out to Ishtar Collection. Ishtar Collective as well. You know, Ishtar-Collective.net. Great website. Love going there. And the recently loved destinypedia.com because that's that's a place to go for quotes. Like that's where I found the Artie quote. And I gotta dig in and now I'm actually gonna go sit by Vance and just see if he actually does ask about somebody named Artie. And if he does, my mind's gonna be blown. <laughs> well, if I may very quickly give a few shout outs Yo, first of all to you guys, because as some of you guys may be able to tell by some of the uh extra guests on the show and Willie's background noise who are very welcome and by the fact that Justin is dropping references to things that <laughs> yeah uh, they they moved the time ahead of the show like by a lot so that I could be here because of course it's UK time when we started previously was something like 3am now we started at 10 in the evening which is much more manageable for me so a huge thank you to you guys I mean, it, like be any time I can be a guest on here is awesome but Moving the show and the schedule around for everything is just, yeah, it, it goes one step further. It's really fantastic. Um, and if I have another shout out to do, I guess it's to, um, <laughs> for reasons that everyone else will soon find out, but these three already know, to Stefan Sejic, Lady Desiree, and a whole bunch of voice actors. And that so is all. Exciting. Ooh, gonna that throw that so out there. Damn. <laughs> so exciting. We are more than happy. Oh, accelerated time for you anytime. <laughs> you totally so, just dropped out, out a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Just, all right. So with that, we'll begin to wrap the chat up. And thank you again for those over in chat for coming to spend the evening with us. Um, if you'd like to join us, please be sure to give us a follow over on the twitch.tv slash focusfire chat. Um, all the links on our sites can also be found on our episode archives over on the Podbean site, which is focusfirechat.podbean.com. Please be sure to email us at focusfirechat at gmail.com with any questions or topics that you'd like us to see us tackle in the new YouTube videos that we're in the process of putting together, um, which is going to be the Lore 101 series and then Justin's new Spinfoil Corner. We're going to try to keep to the scheduled Wednesday night streams of the chat. Uh, we usually start approximately about 10 p.m. Central. But if we have any variations, we'll always be sure to make everyone make sure that everyone knows through our Twitter account, which is just at Focused Fire Chat. And thank you once again to Bife for stopping by and chatting with us about Osiris. It's always a treat to get to speak with the the mythical sultry tiger about the lore. And uh, we hope to have you Paying on again with you, my sometime child. in the future, schedules allowing. <laughs> so, until next time, the lore band marches on.
<laughs> so, all right, hang on. Let me bring him back in. Okay. Now that we're off, I, now, I have now to, Bife I have is to, back alive. I've got to. 